BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. They've scored. Look how many points were given up by those teams. See, that's the thing. It takes a team. So, like, <clears throat> even Isaac was having this discussion this morning with somebody that, you know, Rodgers can't carry a team to a Super Bowl even though he can carry them to the playoffs. You can carry a team to the playoffs as one player. You can't carry a team to a Super Bowl as one player. Once you get to the playoffs, that's where the complete teams are are the ones that win. I mean, it's it's like anything, right? When you look at a totality of a day – and you like try to rush everything and be like, oh, we got to do this and got to do this, got to do this. You're going to speed up your mind and you're not going to think everything through thoroughly. But when you're like, okay, let's do this, let's take care of it, you know, and you, you break them up into sections. So if you go game by game in the games that he's lost in the playoffs and you really break down the stuff that's happened, you really learn where the Packers have gotten screwed, where that's not Rodgers' fault. Did Rodgers mm-hmm. tell Bostic to not catch the onside kick? No. Did he tell John Kuhn to fumble the – or not John Kuhn, it was Aaron Repkowski to fumble the ball against the Falcons? No. Did he tell Big Dog to fumble against the 49ers this year? No, he didn't. That killed all momentum, and momentum is or, so huge or in sports. Or tell the defense collectively to give up 45 points to Atlanta? Yeah, or to only let Garoppolo have to you know throw eight passes in the 2019 NFC Championship game? Was, was that right. Rodgers' fault too? Like, right. dude, there's – there's just levels and there's things that you have to look at and you have to take things into perspective. And it's like, it's, I'm just sick and tired of having this conversation and explaining to people. It's not all Aaron Rodgers' fault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not now, at the end of the day. With that, I'm going to say first, everybody, welcome back to another Wisco Fanatics Wednesday. Jake and I got this discussion going right away because it is such a hot topic of discussion. And while there is not any one set track mind of, how you should be thinking about this situation. What Jake and I would encourage you to do is to try to think rationally about this situation. So what I've done is I've broken down what I think are the five reactions to Rogers saying he's back. Part of it includes the 200 million thing, but we don't know if that's official because Rogers said it's not terms aren't correct. Mm -hmm. So, Based on just the first, Rogers report came out, said four years, $200 million. After that, Rogers said that he is back, but the terms aren't correct. So based on those two things, I broke people down into five categories. Mm-hmm. A, they wanted him traded to get what you can. B, they wanted him traded to rebuild. Three, I'm going to skip letters and numbers. I don't give a, I don't give a shit. Uh, <laughs> three, happy that he's back. 
four, happy that he's back, not for $50 million a year, though. And five, to just say that he's a playoff choker. Now, I'm going to in, I'm going to address the people that wanted him traded because there are two true trains of thought that I will go with, with on this traded. One is the get what you can, and one is the rebuild. The get what you can, people, I encourage you to pay very, very, very close attention to the Seattle Seahawks this year. Go follow a bunch of Seahawks fans on Twitter. Wait and see how much fun they don't have this year. That They will not compete for a long, long time. So if you wanted the Packers to trade Aaron Rodgers just to get what you can and say, oh, hey, you know, we could we could have gotten this, 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 and this for Rodgers. Yeah, cool. It's fun to say you have all these draft picks, but they're not as valuable as you think they are until you hit on your draft picks. Mm-hmm. And draft picks are not a guarantee. They are a what-if question. So the get-what-you-can people, Pay very close attention to the Seattle Seahawks this year. They'll, that fan base will not have fun this season. Well, not to mention they're in a really tough division. So, Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's why it makes sense for them to rebuild. But yeah. um, to transition into the rebuild, I want let's trade Aaron Rodgers to rebuild. The Packers are not in a position to rebuild. You do not rebuild when you have... 10 players who could be considered among the best at their position. The Packers aren't going to rip off 15 trades in the next two months so that they can have 10 first round picks for the next three years. You have the best corner in the league, the best wide receiver in the league, the best quarterback in the league, two of the best offensive linemen in the league. You have the best middle linebacker, the all pro linebacker. You have arguably the best running back duo in the entire NFL. Cleveland's is pretty good, but as far as a duo goes, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are among the best in the league. You have up-and-coming players like Josh Myers and Eric Stokes and Rashawn Gary. Kenny Clark is one of the best at his position. Why the hell do you want to rebuild when this team, half of them could be top five at their position? Top ten at the worst. Why the hell would you want to rebuild? They're not in a situation to rebuild. The Packers are in very much in a reload situation. You look at Seattle. That team had two good wide receivers, a good linebacker that they just released, and a good safety. That's it. That's why that team is entering a rebuild. The Packers yeah. are in a reload situation, not a rebuild situation. The other three, I'll let Jake talk about how he feels about him. The happy that he's back. The happy that he's back, not for $50 million, And the playoff choker comments. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so the playoff choker, that's got to stop. Just stop. Plain, plain and simple, just stop. He's not. If you go look at his stats, he's put up good numbers. Um, <clears throat> I was watching first take this morning. And they have that mad dog guy on there all the time with Stephen A. And he's like, oh, he brought up the Buccaneers game. How about you throw the ball in the end zone? Blah, blah, blah. What's up, Simon? And 
I'm like, bro, he threw the ball in the end zone twice on that drive. One, he forced a Devontae in double coverage. And the second one, he threw to Lazard. Lazard just ducked the ball because he wasn't expecting it. First two passes of that drive were in the end zone. The third down pass, I don't remember what happened. But I think he threw the ball away, if I remember correctly, or he tried to force the Devontae again. But the point being, then you take the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands. Is that his fault too? Is it his fault that Kevin King decided to fall asleep right before half and give the Buccaneers uh. every momentum? <laughs> and then he he's the one that missed the blocking assignment and allowed Aaron Jones to get hit at the knees, and he fumbled the ball. And again, they go on the next play to score a touchdown, and everything seemed like it was over right there. The Buccaneers were kicking our butts. So the playoff choker thing has to stop, okay? He didn't play his best game against, against the 49ers. But, yes. again – if, if I sit down and I break down the tape, I could probably find at least 10, 10 plays where it was other people's fault and not Rodgers. Yep. Yeah. Right off the top mean, of my head, Rogers, I can't do that. But. I mean, I can do I could do three off the top of my head. Would be the blocked field goal, the blocked punt, and the Mercedes Lewis fumble. Yep. And you're missing um, who is the tight end uh, that dropped the pass right in the middle. I don't know if that was Davis or if uh, – no, that oh, was Oh, I was DeGuara. Was yeah, Deguara, wide open in the middle of the field, yeah. literally not a person around him, drops a wide open pass. Yeah. Um, I mean, we could probably go through and look at uh, missed routes that were run. Yeah. Uh, there's just a number of things that we could do where it's not just on Rodgers. Um, now, the people that are happy that he's he's back but not for $50 million, I understand that. But if you looked at the incorrect uh, contract that he got mm-hmm. and you looked at the signing bonus – and there was word that the first two years of his contract were going to be smaller on the on the payroll so that we were able to sign people and, and retain yep. people. That was a brilliant move, if you, if you ask me. The I was super excited. The fact that you excited. can sign a guy to a $200 million deal and have his cap go down. Yeah, it's like, massive. And I, I can't believe, like, if, you, if you're a Packer fan and you don't know who Russ Ball is, like, seriously, educate yeah. yourself. Russ Ball is a damn wizard. He really so is. Every, if you are worried about the Packers cap situation, educate yourself on Russ Ball because he legit is a wizard. Like him and David Stearns and John Horst, like they're wizards, those three. Yeah, um, they are very good at their job. They get paid to yeah. do a damn good job, and they do yeah. a good job. And uh, Scott made a good point, too, about Seattle sucking at drafting, and that's yeah, just going to further gonna reinforce our point that draft picks are not guaranteed. I was I was just gonna bring it up. The Packers actually are good at drafting, so that's oh kind of the. Oh my god! I sent you that screenshot today of a person who is so hyper focused, like such laser focused tunnel vision on the Jordan Love pick that you can't move on. It's like you are not guaranteed any sort of draft picks. So finish your Aaron Rodgers thing, and then we'll talk about Jordan Love. No, I'm gonna talk Jordan Love now because this is a comment right. that I made to somebody. All right. Let's um, do it. You got to think about the Jordan Love thing. So go put yourself in the shoes of the Packers GM and coaches in that, in that time period, right? You have an Aaron Rodgers who's coming off down years, right? Mm-hmm. And they're not really down years, but they are for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, look right. at the last two years. But the last two years, I really don't think happen if we don't draft Jordan Love. We relit that fire under Aaron Rodgers' ass. Yeah. He came in. After, after Favre, you know, because he fell in the draft and he was pissed about that, he came in after Favre when people were like, oh, screw you, Aaron Rodgers, blah, blah, blah. He basically just likes telling people to shove it. 
So then we draft <laughs> we draft Jordan Love, and Rodgers is like, really? Again? I got two MVPs, a Super Bowl, a Super Bowl MVP. I'm carrying you guys into the playoffs every year. I'm carrying Ladarius Gunther's sorry ass into the NFC Championship yeah. game. Like, what else do you need from me? They draft Jordan Love, right, and they don't talk to him, which apparently was the big deal. The Love pick was not that bad. The Colts were literally just going to go trade up and get him from all the yep. word around the league was that the Colts were going to trade for that pick. They were going to pick Jordan Love at pick 26, just like the Green Bay Packers, but Goot was faster, and he was like, all right, let's go get a guy. This guy, And, and you got to look at Jordan Love in that draft. He was moving up draft boards. People were comparing mm-hmm. him to Mahomes. They're like, he has a strong arm. He's mm-hmm. mobile. He's all this. He's all that. And then Packers fans that just bash the guy after six quarters of play is just that, laughable. That, too. And re- That is ridiculous. Listen, I'm not even going to bash him after the first year he plays, okay? Because Rodgers, although he showed promise in his first year, we went 6-10. and We weren't exactly beating everybody. But people were still, oh, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, he's not going to be no far, blah, blah, blah. The next Mm. year we go to the playoffs and we get screwed against the Cardinals. That's still a face mask. I will never let that go. But we lost 51-45 to or whatever, if I remember the score correctly. But it's like... People need to relax. You need to give him some time to develop. We just brought Tom Clemens back, the Aaron Rodgers whisper. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. And even if Rodgers doesn't sign, we still have Jordan Love in the back. We still have a first-round drafted quarterback as our backup quarterback. The Jordan Love pick is fine. Everybody relax. All the other first-round picks, the other five, studs all over the board. Exactly. So there's there's two things that I want to say about that. First is the thing that you didn't mention with Jordan Love is that the Packers picked a quarterback when they had a high-performing quarterback. They did it already once. So why, if you have just come off of back-to-back Hall of Fame quarterbacks that both won you a Super Bowl, both have multiple MVPs, why is a first-round pick not worth trying to replicate that process? That is absolutely worth it. First round picks are so often just guys that end up busting. You know, you just they they don't all hit. They just don't. It's a fact. Um, I think it's actually something like like only twenty or twenty two percent of first round picks play longer than like five or ten years in the NFL. Something like that. Yep. That's not the exact yep. number, but it's it's something like that. So a first round pick to try just to just to try for three Hall of Fame quarterbacks in a row, just to try to replicate the process that you did from Favre to Rogers. Obviously, you want it to transition a little bit smoother, but a first-round pick is absolutely worth finding out if you can pull that off. Oh, 100%. 100%. And the other thing that I want, yeah, that's I mean, that's that's a no-brainer to me that you would try that. Um, well, look at look at the Bears, dude. They ha- they've never had a Hall of Fame quarterback, so for for them to literally sit there, Bears fans, this is laughable. Bears fans to sit there and be like, "Oh, you guys wasted a first-round pick on a quarterback." Literally every quarterback you've ever drafted <laughs> is a wasted pick. Are you freaking kidding me right now? And look at the Vikings. Yeah. And now since the rush trade and you know Tom Brady retiring and stuff happening, they now finally have a top five quarterback in our conference. I'm willing to put Kirk in the top five quarterbacks of the NFC at this yeah. point. But it took a guy retiring and a guy getting traded and some other moves, you know, people getting moved around for that to happen. That's laughable. And then the Lions are the Lions. I'm not going to go hard on the Lions because – you know, I always feel bad for Lions because they go through a lot of shit, man. I don't know Kick what I would do if my down. team was that bad, but for dude, that long too. 
Oh it's not even God. like they popped up to contend for a year or two and then went back to sucking. They just right. literally just sucked for like my entire they, lifetime. They well, I mean, they were good in like 2014. They won like 12 games that year. But they were yeah. almost okay. So they were almost good a couple times. Yeah, they had. I mean, but when you have a, a top five pick every single year, you yeah. should be good at some point. You but literally this... had a Hall of Fame wide receiver go through your franchise in the middle right. of Stafford's career. This is this is what I'm saying. It goes to your point about first round picks, right? Because I'm saying the Lions have a top five pick every year for like ten years straight, and they can't get good or compete for a Super Bowl because first round picks don't always hit. You have to pick the right guys. You have to have the right guys in the scouting, which the Packers do, and we always have offensive lines, so yep. that helps. But yes, I mean, dude, this is just getting ridiculous. The Jordan Love slander, <laughs> stop. I feel bad yep. for the guy, really. Yeah, and I agree. the Aaron Rodgers playoff slander, stop, dude. He carries yep. us to that point, anyways. Okay, yep. I mean, we're just now starting to get a real defense around him. If if we get a special teams on the on this Packers team for the first time since I was like ten years old, basically, dude. We're going to go crazy. Yeah. That's all I'm and, saying. And, you know, okay, so I want to say one more thing about drafting is you look at the first-round picks that Gutekunst has made, like Jair Alexander, Rashawn Gary, mm-hmm. like those two on their own. Yeah. Uh, you look at the A.J. Seriously. Dillon pick, who was, was a second-rounder. But, like, like the picks for that, that. Gute, the, exactly. The Gutekunst picks like last year eric stokes who was forced into the cornerback one role yeah and seriously did very well yes um uh, looking at the picks that gudikins has made like how has he not earned the benefit of the doubt at this point and he's he's earned at least that right at least benefit of the doubt exactly and the thing that like Packers fans, not all of them know this, and I don't think some care to know, even if they think it's what happened or not, is that the Packers traded up in that draft to try to draft Justin Jefferson or Brandon Ayuk. Both yeah. got picked. Jefferson mm-hmm. by the Vikings, which is the pick that the Packers tried to get first. The Packers yeah. tried to get the Vikings pick to get Justin Jefferson. The Vikings said no, and the Vikings picked Jefferson. Brandon Ayuk went like two picks before that to the 49ers. So the Packers took the best available player, which like Jake said, was rising on draft boards, was Jordan Love. So I yeah, I'm with you on that. Just like just give him some time. He's like 90 minutes of NFL football. Even if Jordan Love ends up being our quarterback in the future, the I can already tell now it's gonna happen that he's going to play one game and people are going to say that he's not the next Aaron Rodgers. You know, Aaron Rodgers has played what 300 some games and you're going to try to compare a drop to a bucket. Seriously, dude, it is ridiculous. I mean... All right. And then the, the Aaron Rodgers slander thing. Now, Jake and I, if you watched us at the end of last year's Packers season, when the Packers lost to the 49ers, we, we recognize that football is a team game. Aaron yes. Rodgers is part of the team. What mm-hmm. Jake and I will never do is praise Rodgers for being the reason that we win, but never give him criticism for being reasons that we lose. We do three stars every week. We give three, we single out three players each 
that helped the Packers win or, you know, played the best in a loss. If the Packers lose, Aaron Rodgers is not immune to criticism to Jake and I. No. If you don't believe that, go back and watch the episode from right after the Packers lost to the 49ers. He's not immune to criticism. He's also not the only reason we win or ever the only reason we lose. The playoff choker narrative, it's it's tired. Like it's it Jake and I talked with Jake already mentioned all the all the other context that goes with that. It's <clears throat> it's the same I, things. It's just the same things over and over and over again. I have a comparison for the Roger stuff. People were yeah. saying the same things about Giannis, right? Ooh. Oh, he chokes in the playoffs. Oh, he does this, dude, does this. Dude, when he the, goes on when one Bucks, finals run. Oh, oh, oh. Now, when the Bucks lost to the Raptors in 2019, the trade Giannis. Oh my God. Yes, that was now, bad. How quickly people forget, right? Everybody was on Giannis's ass. Oh, he's never going to win a title. He's not this. He's just that. He's a regular season MVP type player. He's a regular season player. But he goes on one finals run, not taking anything away from him. I love Giannis just as much as everybody else, right? I hope he stays here for his entire career because that's how much I yep. love Giannis. Yep. And he played great last night, and we'll talk about that. But yeah, we will. the thing I'm trying to say is people forget that all the criticism and just want to pretend like they didn't say trade Giannis and he's a choker and this and this and this. Listen, I have <laughs> screenshots, okay? I'm not trying <laughs> to expose anybody. But I have screenshots from the Giannis stuff. I have screenshots from Aaron Rodgers stuff. Listen, if you're going to say something, you better stick to it, okay? Giannis is not a choker. It's hard to win, okay? We didn't have the best team. Middleton wasn't fully developed. Eric Bledsoe was a problem. We oh, didn't have uh, – Brooke Lopez wasn't protecting the rim at the same. Like, they just tweaked some things. They had some leadership. So- <laughs> they added P.J. Tucker, and that was the right formula. The Packers yeah. can do the same thing. They can add so, the right pieces, the right potions, and we can win the title next year. And then what? People are just going to not call Aaron Rodgers a choker? I just don't understand. Uh, a career is not a book that you can highlight the parts that you want and forget about the rest. Like, it's it's sports. This is never going to go away. You have to take the highs and the lows. What Jake and I want you to do is to not get so low – that you're like, oh my god, we need to trade everybody. You know, this is whatever. Or to get so bad where it's the Packers are never going to win another Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback. Or yeah, oh my god, seeing that it's like, okay, you realize that there are 32 teams in the NFL. You realize that Tom Brady is the only person in the last, I think it's 16 years now, that has two Super Bowls. He's the only one because Peyton Manning's first one was 2005, I think. So he's the only one in like the last 15 or 16 years to have two Super Bowls, to have multiple. Like how that doesn't show you how goddamn hard it is to win a Super Bowl. It's harder to win a Super Bowl than it is to win an NBA Finals or a Major League Baseball World World Series. 100%. Is because you can you have series. You can have one bad game and still win a series. Yep. You can have a bad game and still win four to one. Yeah. In the NFL, you have one bad game, you're out. The Packers had one bad game against the team that they beat in the regular season, and they're out. It is it is extremely hard to win a Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre only having one each goes to show you that. 
I, I commented this on a post that I saw today. Was somebody was like, oh, Aaron Rodgers has the same number of Super Bowl rings as Nick Foles. Okay. He also has more than Dan Marino. He has more than Jim Kelly, who lost four straight. He has the same sure. number as Joe Namath. Russell Wilson has the same number of Super Bowls as Aaron Rodgers. And to those people, you know, I want to pose the question. So if you're drafting, if you're ranking quarterbacks all time and, and Super Bowls matter, are you taking Terry Bradshaw over Aaron Rodgers? Really? Oh, God. How about, are you how about Troy do Aikman? Are you gonna, yeah, are you going to take Troy Aikman? Really? Are you going to do that? No, you're not. Okay? So stop. You sound stupid. And the Tom Brady stuff, listen, man. Yeah, that guy, he's an anomaly, okay? I mean, the, the guy Easily. won he, he won a bazillion Super Bowls. He went to yep. a bazillion Super Bowls. Yep. I mean, the run that the Patriots went on really yep. marvels the, the Celtics in the, in the 50s and 60s, in my opinion, because it's like that level of consistency, that level of winning, and you always end up in the title game is honestly just crazy impressive. That, now the that title that he happen, won in 2020 that doesn't happen ever like yeah, it's happened I mean, in each sport like one time and you know when they say a once in a lifetime that much. that's a once it. in a lifetime that's there, literally, yeah. he literally is that guy okay tom um, brady is that guy he's a winner and, and, at the end of the and day and terry bradshaw's four they they had the steel curtain defense their defense is literally legendary has a legendary nickname that's the team that terry bradshaw was on yeah. Harry, if you go look at Terry's Bradshaw's stats, like he sucked. <laughs> and so did Aikman. Yeah. Aikman was Aikman was Andy Dalton. But that's who he reminded me of. Now look at look at their, their teams. Look at their teams. Look at the Hall of Famers that were just littered all over those Everywhere. I mean the steel curtain. They're called a the steel curtain, dude. That's I mean, they were good. Okay. And look and the Cowboys, they have, you know, they have Larry Allens, they have Emmett Smith. The, the one of the best running backs of all time, Michael Irvin. Yep. I mean, they have Deion Sanders. I mean, they just there's players all over the place on both of those yep. rosters. Yep. So it's like the quarterbacks can make mistakes. Yes. And I'm not trying to discredit what they did because they played in different eras and it's right. it's tough to to compare eras. You know, the toughness level right. or the efficiency that Rodgers plays at. You know, if you how, take okay, in a, here. How about this? Compare Aaron Rodgers to Matt Ryan. I mean, Matt Ryan has a regular season MVP. How many Super Bowl rings does he have? It's an easy answer. Yeah, and that was and the that was one zero. of that was one of Brady's rings. And Matt Ryan easily should have won that Super Bowl. The Falcons should have ran away with that Super Bowl. How many? I mean, this is a, a little bit later, but how many rings does Russell Wilson have? He has one. How many rings <laughs> does say Philip Rivers have? It's an easy answer. Zero. How many? I mean, like you can, we could do this all day. I mean, and and then and then you look at Eli Manning. Comments too. Yeah, you, you look James at Eli Manning, yeah. yep. and he has two. <laughs> what? What? If if Rings? you would have told me, if you would have told me that Philip Rivers would end with zero, and Eli Manning, <laughs> Eli Manning ends with two, <laughs> I'd have been like, you are high as hell. Here you man. go. Here you go. I got another one for you. How many does Drew Brees have? One. He has one. So the the unfortunate thing with Rodgers isn't that he's only got one Super Bowl. The unfortunate thing is, is that he's always going to be compared to Brady because of the time that he plays. Because he came out 
what, six, five, five years after Brady. And he's always going to be compared to Brady in his career. All the quarterbacks yes. now, the Patrick Mahomes, the Justin Herberts, the Joe Burrows, those guys are all going to get compared to Aaron Rodgers. That's that's a respect to his talent level, if you think about it. He's he's the next, you know, he's the next guy to chase. The guy that Aaron Rodgers is chasing is Brady. So when I saw the four year deal, that to me, I was like, oh shit, he's chasing Brady's records. He he can. Get I was the... I was really expecting him to go short term. If he's going for a long term deal and he's yeah. signing a long term deal, to me right. that says he's chasing Brady. Okay, so when Brady first started out, right, they went a three out of four years, right? That's how he got started. I mean, that's how you pile up Super Bowls. What if Rodgers, you know, because the Packers are going to be set up with some talent, some mm-hmm. veterans at some key positions. Who says the Packers don't do a three in four years? Who says? And Rodgers ends with four Super Bowls. Then what is the narrative on Aaron Rodgers? Is he still a choker? I'm just I'm just, I'm just proposing questions. If Rodgers goes a three yep. and four years and he ends with four Super Bowls and you see all the numbers and the interception, the touchdown ratio, and, and the quarterback rating, and the MVPs, at the end of the day, people are going to look at that guy and they're going to be like, that's the fucking GOAT, dude. You, you know what, <laughs> I'm sorry. You know what the, if you're not a Packers fan, do you know what the narrative will become then? What do you think? Rodgers had such a complete team around him, anybody could have done it. Yeah. Because so they're gonna unless, twist it any way they want to, buddy. Exactly. So unless Rodgers has like a hundred and twenty passer rating in the next and three out of the next four Super Bowls and like like just absolutely carry like that's what that's what people expect for for Rodgers to be considered a, a greatest of all time candidate is that Rodgers has to single handedly carry the Packers to and through Super Bowls. As if that's what Tom Brady did, because it's absolutely not what Tom Brady did. They use the same narrative for Peyton Manning, dude, for years. Peyton Manning was getting held to that same standard that they're holding Rodgers to right now. Oh, yeah. he chokes in the playoffs. He did this. He did this. And then the second Super Bowl he wins, he was trash. He was awful that whole He's year. He's just throwing a great ducks. regular season quarterback. Yep, they were doing that same narrative on Peyton Manning. But Tom Brady's over here with a top three Peyton defense, Manning the got best the special great teams. season quarterback thing, too. And, uh, and, the best co- and the best coach of all time. And mm-hmm. Tom Brady gets to win the Super Bowl mm-hmm. every freaking year. It's ridiculous, man. We need to become a run first team. I mean, they are kind of, if you think about it. We just have two run, two great running backs. So not one running back gets all the carries. They split the carries. Yeah. So we really and then, are. And then after that, close to 50-50. Uh, they are. They're they're very balanced. They're very balanced. Um, I agree. And then after that, with Tom Brady, he goes to a team that literally only needed. A quarterback. That team yeah. was a quarterback short of contending. They had everything else. They had a good offensive line. They had a great defense. And once they brought in Brady, Gronk came with him. Antonio Brown came with him. They already had a pair of stud wide receivers and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And yep. they brought in Leonard Fournette, who signed there to ring chase. Like, the fact that people can't see that that team was a quarterback away from winning. Now, if you wanted yep. to see Rodgers gone, you would have felt like a Colts fan how Peyton Manning went to the Broncos. And you know what he did? He went and won a Super Bowl with another team and threw 55 touchdowns in a season. Yeah, they were do, crazy. Like, do you want do you want that for your future for the for Aaron Rodgers? Like, 
So that's, I don't know, I think that's everything I want to say about the Packers. I want to point out Scott's comment. Scott, we actually talked about that after the, the playoff loss versus the Niners. Uh, we talked about how A.J. Dillon getting hurt really messed with the game plan because, you know, when we were watching the team in the regular season and you see how they use uh, A.J. Dillon, you see how they use uh, Aaron Jones, and A.J. Dillon was that guy that could just grind out four yards at a pop, dude, and it didn't matter if we opened a hole for him. He was going to get four yards. So, yeah, A.J. definitely getting hurt, definitely, like, messed with the game plan. Um, I think he got that that drive where Big Dog fumbled the ball. I mean, that just – that was the, the start of the downward that, Yeah, that was bad. That was that was the one where I was just kind of yeah. like, oh, my God. We're, like, like we're up 7-0. We're, we're dominating them on defense. Um, we're going right down the freaking field on them again, and then we fumble the ball. I'm like, you guys just can't do anything easy, can you? No, he's got to you got to be assholes every week, and that was I mean after that fumble and then AJ got hurt and then Garoppolo started completing passes. I was just like, oh Jesus, man, is this really happening? And then they blocked the field goal right before half, and they blocked the punt. Obviously, after the block punt, to everybody that was a gut punch to everybody. I mean, you could just hear it in the stadium. So I mean, there's a, there's a, there was a lot of moving factors, you know, and it, it wasn't just Rodgers. And I appreciate John and Scott for for realizing that. Um, I know there is smart Packers fans out there, but there's just there's just such a large group of people that just don't see things. And I'm, we're not saying that we're the smartest people in the universe, right? But we just want people to take a step back before before reacting or commenting on stuff. You know, I mean, just t- just take a second, take a deep breath, and rationally think about things. You know, uh, Tyler's frozen, so. I'll just keep going here. Uh, yep, something that's like we let teams hang around. I honestly thought we were going to wipe the floor with them. And I actually had this conversation with Tyler the other day. Um, I was like, who says the Packers don't survive this 49ers game, right? And we go and play the Rams team, and we put a complete game together, and we absolutely just demolish them, and we go on to win the Super Bowl. People aren't going to remember that, right? But it was just a dogfight from the start. Uh, everybody knew that the 49ers were a tough team. We saw them absolutely dismantle uh overrated Dallas team, in my opinion, because they were beating nobodies all year. The NFC East is just such a joke. Um, but, you know, the Packers, I mean, now we're going to get into a situation. I mean, next week, Tyler and I are going to do a free agency wish list. So the Rodgers signing, I've been telling everybody all year, uh, well, since the season ended, uh, March 8th was the date. I mean, because that was the cutoff for the tag. We're gonna hear about Rodgers. We're gonna tag Adams, and then we're gonna we're gonna see where the money lies, where everything happens, and then we're just gonna we're gonna put together our roster. We're gonna piece this thing back together, and we're gonna we're gonna go contend for another title. That's just what's gonna happen for the next four years. This is gonna be your life if Rodgers stays for four years. Um, this is what's gonna happen. This is what's gonna be. We're gonna be contending for titles. There's gonna be some drama, but um, it's tough. And for the people that are complaining about playoff losses or complaining about this, complaining about that, listen, man, this, this shit, it really ain't for the, for the lighthearted, man. This is tough. Um, I am fully invested in sports. I mean, started this podcast with one of my best friends uh, to talk about sports. And if you can't handle playoff losses, then I suggest that this is not the lifestyle for you because this shit hurts, okay? And, and I understand uh, you're allowed to be mad. 
You're allowed to be frustrated. I spend money. I spend a lot of money on sports. I mean, this sweatshirt wasn't cheap. I bought the championship hat for the Bucks. I mean, I got all these knickknacks up here. Yeah. Listen, I understand. I go to work like everybody else. I spend my hard-earned money on it too. But this this is part of the game, and this is why when you win, you celebrate it, man, and you soak it all in, and that is your moment. So if you're on board, you be you be a fan every single day, and you just do this thing, man. Um, Scott, hey, I appreciate your service. I really do. Every time I see a, a Navy, you know, former Navy, I shake their hand and I tell them I appreciate their service because you allow me to live this life, man, and have a podcast. So, honestly, and, and hey, my heart. If if teams lose, if our teams lose, like come hang out with us. Like we're not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna have the fire sale mentality. We're not gonna have the tear it down or you know whatever or trade everybody mentality or fire the coach and trade everybody like we'll we'll tell it like it is we'll look at it we'll look at mm-hmm. the what what went well what went wrong and then we'll get ready for next season that's what we do yeah. and Buckle luckily up. for Jake and I instead of doing just a Packers podcast or a Bucks podcast or a Brewers podcast Jake and I have have come in them all into one so our podcast it keeps moving and it moves fast. Like today, yeah. like I'm gonna mention baseball here in just a second, um, mm-hmm. and then we're gonna talk about the Bucks, and then we're gonna talk about the Badgers. And next week, I've seen a, a handful of comments in here talking about the draft uh, and and signing free agents. Next week is March 16th. Is the day that the Packers have to be under the on um, the under the salary cap which I did see also somebody said is going to continue to go up because of the new TV deals, which is true. Um, next Wednesday is the salary cap day. That is the start of the new league year, so that's when all the teams have to be under the cap. So Jake and I are going to do a free agent wish list next yep. Wednesday. That's going to be a wish list, so obviously we're going to have some guys on there that might not be 100% realistic for the Packers to sign. However we will take into consideration that some guys do take pay cuts to try to win championships or to play with other players that they like, things like that. Yes. Uh, yes. So keep that in mind. We will keep that in mind, and we will make the same disclaimer before we start it, um, you know, that we recognize that these aren't all going to be how they are. That being said, this goes along with Devontae Adams. The Packers have more time in between now and the draft and July 15th is the franchise tag date that they can still renegotiate a multi-year deal. The Packers have time to lower their cap number more before mm-hmm. these other events happen. So in between March 16th and I think the draft is on like April 24th or 26th or something like that. Um, April is when Jake and I dive really heavy into draft prep. So for everybody asking or saying, you know, we need to draft this, draft that, draft that. Jake and I, like... I mean, if people wanted to, I will show you my notebook from last year's draft prep. It was like four solid notebook pages full of just just players by position. Mm-hmm. And then Jake and I did an entire live show dedicated just to mock drafts and looking at the guys that the Packers could pick. We're, we're planning on doing the same thing this year. Um, that'll be probably a, about a month and a half from now. Um, and Jake and I are going to do lots of draft stuff. Lots of stuff can happen between now and then, and they're still, we're still a month and a half away from the draft. So we're uh, really just starting to get into draft season. 
Um, mm-hmm. But Jake and I will definitely, definitely, definitely do the research on that. And, and Jake and I will definitely um, play around with some stuff like um, some mock drafts and stuff. So, um, well, One thing that we definitely know is this draft is fast. There's a lot of 4-4 guys, a lot of 4-3 guys. <laughs> this, this draft is fast. There's some speedsters. So for a Packers team that needs some speed on the outside, this is it. This is a good draft for us. Yep, Scott, and that's the thing. It's going to be an awesome offseason, and that's – you know, yeah, man. every every team we do we do primers for all the teams, so it's going to happen real quick with with baseball. If we have, end up having to do a Brewers primer, that'll happen oh, real quick. <laughs> and then, you so know, Jake and I will be tested with that because, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and and playoffs. You know, NBA is starting to yep. heat up with positioning, and yep. we are in a great time of the year, man. This is this yep. is a great time of the year, and it's starting yeah. to get warmer in Wisconsin, so that's even yeah. more positive. Now we're all getting in better moods. It's going be, <laughs> to be cold tomorrow, but then after that, yes. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, Jake and I will do the research. We'll, we'll talk it out. We appreciate everybody in the comments. Leo Chanel is definitely going to be a guy on the Packers' radar, oh, at least God. hopefully for Jake and I. Same with Jake Ferguson. Like Jake and I both hope those two Badgers find their yeah. way onto the Packers roster. But um, in the next probably month or so, Jake and I will start doing a lot of draft preparations and stuff uh, and, and more Packers stuff. But we also got to get ready for the Brewers and the Bucks. Scott, but stick around. I, stick around, yeah, Scott. <laughs> yeah, Scott. Hey, Scott said he likes his Wisconsin sports. So uh, maybe he found a home here with us. So oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> I'm going to transition from football into baseball with a hypothetical based on one of the rule changes that Major League Baseball wants to implement, and that is banning the shift. Now, <laughs> um, this guy was a this guy was a Seahawks. Um, he's a Seahawks fan, and he has like some Seahawks page. Um, <laughs> he compared banning the shift to banning two high safeties in football. Yep. And I saw this and I'm like, what the hell is this? Don't don't compare sports. Just don't do it. They're completely different, and that's why they are different sports. Don't compare football to baseball. Because football does not have a scoring problem like baseball does. Major League Baseball is not trying to cater to diehard baseball fans. They already know diehard baseball fans love baseball. They are trying to get casual fans and people who aren't fans of baseball to like baseball, which to them and to anybody who's thinking about it, they need to score more. People want to see more scoring in the NBA. The three-point line changed the NBA. Steph Curry changed it even farther. Higher scoring games means more scoring. The NFL, they've done more rules to give um, wide receivers and just general receivers who are defenseless or, you know, whatever, more opportunity to have the right to the ball to make it harder to play defense to up the scoring. Scoring is how you get people interested in action, scoring action. Baseball is a very low action sport and a low scoring sport. That's why they need things like the DH rule that helps scoring larger bases that is something Major League Baseball is implementing is bigger bases. It makes it easier for base runners to do base running, stealing bases, which means more scoring. Banning the shift means you can't just stack all your fielders on one side to make it harder for lefties to try to pull the ball. I'm going to be honest. Now. Dude, that shit is weak, dude. That is so weak. 
The reason that I'm telling you not to compare it, I personally, I don't care. Ban the shift. Don't ban it. I don't care either way. Um, mm-hmm. I, I really don't. I don't care if they ban it or if they don't. Because don't just don't compare it to football because <laughs> telling a left-handed batter to hit a on average 90 mile an hour baseball that is this big to the opposite field is not remotely the same as telling a quarterback to hit a receiver who at top speed runs between 20 and 25 miles an hour with a football. That is not even remotely close to the same damn thing. Don't compare the sports to each other. A 90-mile-an-hour baseball versus a 20-mile-an-hour receiver, and you have to hit the baseball and throw to the receiver. I'm going to play devil's advocate. Now, in baseball, the way to beat the shift is to hit the ball the other way, right? Mm-hmm. There, there's a formula to beat the shift. In football, you can draw plays to beat the cover two, cover three, cover four, cover six. There's... Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's there's plays drawn up and plays designed to beat coverages. Both yes. things rely on timing. I agree with I, I, I agree with this guy to a point because it's like, so you're going to change the rules because some guys just suck at hitting a baseball? That's part of your job. The, now, yeah. I, now, I understand because in football, a wide receiver has, you know, basically one job. Go and run and catch the ball. Now they have to block and all this other stuff. There's nuances and shit. But mm-hmm. the point is, how are you just going to change the rules just because some people can't can't deal with it? So, But that's the, that's the whole point of being a professional athlete yeah. is to be the and, best. And here's another way to, to combat and to kind of support what I'm saying is to stop comparing the sports is because in football, if a team puts two safeties really far away from the line of scrimmage, like you can choose to run the ball, uh, you know, a batter sure. can't choose to, to ask the catcher like, Hey, when you catch the ball, hand it to me, I'm going to throw it to that side where the guys aren't, they, they don't have an alternative. It is, it's a lot harder to try to hit a baseball a different direction than it is to try to call a different play in the NFL. Well, I mean, I get that, but the thing that evens out football is the physicality aspect of everything. Right. I mean, you got people just slamming into each other at 330 freaking pounds. I mean, there was a guy, what was the guy? There was some guy that looked like skinny. Like, he looked like 280, and he weighed like almost 340 pounds at the combine the other day. And I'm like, what, bro? And then there's a, there's another 340-pound <laughs> guy that's running 40 yards in under, yeah. in under five seconds. I'm yeah. like, none of that is normal, dude. So that's where the, it evens out in football is the physicality so, aspect of everything. I want to address a couple things that are in the comments here. Um, your dad is talking about strikeouts and home runs. Home runs and strikeouts, bunting being a lost art. John said small ball is a lot. Nobody does it anymore. I like your, I like your dad. You re- okay, here you go. This is, this is what happens. Left-handed hitters see five guys on one side of the infield. They recognize they can't play small ball in that situation. So what do they do? They try to hit a home run. Banning the shift will bring back small ball. That'll make it easier for lefties to not feel like they have to try to swing for the fences. Because even if they hit a hard hit line drive, it's not fall in front of the right fielder. Because the third baseman is standing out there in between the second baseman and the right fielder. That's that's true. That's true. So he's seeing all those guys and being like, that's where I hit the ball hard. So instead of trying to just like set the bat out there and trying to hit a dink shot to left field, he's like, well, I might as well swing for the fences. 
That's a good point. That's a good point. It also makes pitching a little bit tougher. If you think about it. It does. You can't yeah, because like you can you can tell a guy to hit to the opposite field, but you got a ninety five mile an hour fastball on the upper inside corner, that ball's not going to left field. I don't give a damn if you're Freddie Freeman, that ball's not going to left field. Maybe you're that's... not gonna tell you're not gonna tell Daniel Vogelbach, who is not on the Brewers here, but or you're not gonna tell Rowdy Pelez to come up and try to slap the ball to left field on an up and in ninety five mile an hour fastball. That's fair. That's fair. It is it is easier to change the rules than to change every single player that bats on the left side of the plate. That's that's fair. I understand. I agree with that. I mean, younger kids will like more scoring. <laughs> There's that, and that's that's the you know that's part of it too. Is you know, it's it's not just for diehard baseball fans. Like I get that people want to see some more small ball or, you know, say that bunting is a lost art, but unfortunately this is, this is going to sound kind of harsh. It, the game isn't just about you. Major league baseball wants to grow their game. They want to get people that aren't already baseball fans to become baseball fans. In my opinion, Baseball has already been passed up as far as, you know, major league sports in the United States, at least. Major League Baseball has been passed by the NBA. The NBA is now the second most popular league in the United States. NFL is still number one by, like, three football NFL is, like, the king by, like, 300 times. (laughs) NFL isn't even just the most popular sport. Like, it's the most popular television event. Um and and Pat, I I appreciate that. Like I enjoy watching a pitcher's duel. Like I freaking love watching Corbin Burns pitch because it's awesome. And I you know I can enjoy a good two to one game in a pitcher's duel. But unfortunately, that doesn't get people to watch that wouldn't have watched in the first place. Majority of because, people do not enjoy that. And and listen to this because I I really truly believe this. If Major League Baseball continues going where they're such a low-scoring sport and guys are batting like 220, 250 instead of higher batting averages, which means more scoring, Major League Baseball will be in danger of being passed up by the NHL. I truly believe this because the NHL is already laying some of their groundwork to get more national recognition. The NHL Mm -hmm. has games on TNT this year. People that follow hockey know that playoff hockey is very fun to watch. So mm-hmm. the NHL getting more of their games on, on on TNT and ESPN for national like recognition, like the NHL is laying the groundwork to eventually become more popular than Major League Baseball. I I think the NHL is closer to the MLB than the MLB is to the NBA. I'd agree with that. Um, Pat, I do agree with you on the Yankees and Dodgers wrecking the game with the money. And Major League Baseball needs a salary cap and a floor, in my opinion. Um, One of the things that's going on with Major League Baseball is they're working on implementing tax thresholds. Right now there's two. Uh, Major League Baseball wants to implement a third, which would (laughs) – this is a fucking ridiculous amount. Major League Baseball wants to implement a third luxury tax threshold that would kick in at $290 million. (laughs) 
which is <laughs> dude they want to implement a fourth luxury tax threshold i'm like i i asked in the the group chat with the other brewers writers the other day and i'm like what would that be 300 million dollars it's hard enough to get the brewers to spend in the mid hundreds yeah dude. and you have a team that can spend twice that and you, and you need a floor also because you can have a team like the Pittsburgh Pirates who only spent like 78 million last year and can tank to make, you know, and tank to make money and never have to compete, but they don't have to compete to make money because their their salaries are so low. So, low. so there yeah. needs to be a floor as well as a cap. Um one of the big things that's going on in baseball still is the international draft. So One of the big sticking points between the players union and major league baseball is implementing a international draft. Um, The players union does not want it because it gives the international players the opportunity to pick and choose as a free agent where they're going to go play. So like, like Shote Otan, for example, the angels did not draft him. The angels said, Hey, I'm play for us. And Shohei Otani said, okay. Um, Obviously that's not, perfect exactly how it worked other teams were interested in him but an international draft would take all of the best players from the international pool and obviously make a draft out of it um it would create parity in the league which the players don't really care about because they just want spending to increase so the players get paid more so that is one of the biggest sticking points in the the discussions between the players union and major league baseball is that international draft um, it is possible that a deal could get done today or tonight sometime. If it happens, um, the plan is to play 162 games still. So it is possible that, the, that there still could be a full season. It is also possible that another week's worth of games could get canceled. We're, we're kind of in the middle right now in some limbo. But Major League Baseball has three offers out to the Players Union, all kind of with different give-and-take things on it. So... Definitely keep an eye on it. If Brewers baseball is going to happen, like we will let you know right away, um, yes. as soon as we find out what's happening. So, um, but that's that's kind of the latest. It's some rule changes which wouldn't take effect until next year in 2024, and like the international draft is one of the next big sticking things, and then um, some of the competitive luxury tax stuff. Um, but yes, when when baseball season is on and there's a deal reached. Um, we will let you know, and and we will share the the news in all of the baseball groups that we can find and stuff. So, um, Jake and I will be on top of that. So, um, we do oh have some more news to talk about later on in the Badgers discussion. But before we do Badgers, we're gonna do Bucks. So, let's talk about the Bucks. Oh. They won all four of their games between last Wednesday and today. Hey, the first thing I wanted to say is. When we go into next week's show, I want the same feeling about the Bucks that I have right now. That's what I want every week. I'm in. We just win a we just win a bunch of freaking basketball games. Giannis, Middleton, Drew Holiday, they all dominate. Bobby Portis adds his Bobby little Portis. spice in there. I mean, Grayson Allen did some things. Javon Carter, I want to give him a shout out. Yeah, dude. In the, in the totality of everything, that's that's where I'm at. But we're gonna start yeah. with this Heat game. Yes. Um, dude, <laughs> this Bucks team. Yeah, what's up, Isaac? This Bucks team is getting into championship form. For all the I fans, said this to you, uh, the Bucks are one of one of the only teams in the NBA that can 
flip their switch. The Bucks Dude, are one of the teams capable of that. You want to know the craziest thing? After you said that to me, I saw a Drew Holiday quote almost saying the same exact thing, how he said, it's time to flip the switch and run the plays better and, and know when to compete and know when to do this. And I'm like, yep, it's time. And when, when you got all three of your best players, I'm talking Chris, Drew, Giannis, when you got all three of your best players you know, on the same page and they're all leaders in that locker room and Bobby Portis is a leader in that locker room and we got a great coach in Bud, I mean – this this team is going to compete for the title this year, and it's going to be beautiful to watch. And I got a thing to say about the Nets before we really start diving into this. I cannot wait to watch their sorry-ass offense when they got Ben Simmons and Andre Drummond on the floor. You're talking about two guys that do absolutely nothing on that end of the floor. They that do nothing. They need to be inside the restricted circle to be a threat. Yeah, and you think Drew Holiday's just going to let freaking Ben Simmons dribble to the rim. I'm sorry, that's not happening. He's strong and he can hold him away from the rim. So, yep. but and then on top of that, you got Kyrie Irving. Kyrie had a really great game last night. I hate Kyrie, but hey, the Bucks and my dad just said it. The Nets are still the favorite in the East. That's because that's what the media wants you to think. Just like they want you to think yeah. that Rodgers is an asshole, and the Bucks just, are just getting overlooked. <laughs> and just, I love it. Just like oh my God, that's you saying that just lit this fire in me too. That is just like. Media taking the Bucks and Hawks off of ESPN, but leaving the Lakers on. Holy shit, dude. Are they going to stop showing the Knicks and the Lakers? The Knicks Are, and like, the Lakers. Seriously. It's New like, York seriously. and LA. They'll leave that shit on TV, but they will not leave the reigning champions on to play the team that, beat, that they beat in the Eastern Conference Finals. They will not leave that on national TV. Bro, even Lakers fans want the Lakers to stop being on national TV. Okay? <laughs> yeah. They're sick of getting picked on. <laughs> they're sick of getting picked on, dude. It's bad. And I know they got LeBron and they're LA and all this other beautiful yeah. shit. But you can do the when, same when you watch the, the game, Nets, it ain't beautiful. It ain't That's beautiful exact. when you watch. You can the do game. the same thing with the Nets too. They're like, oh, they have KD until Ben Simmons is back on that team, and you can find out if they're going to be a dumpster fire or a contender. Like, stop putting them on national TV, or leave the Bucks on national TV. Even if they're playing the Hawks, you still have Giannis and Trey Young on the floor at the same time. Seriously, we can watch Trey Young drop bombs and Giannis and Chris Middleton's getting in an uh, playoff form and Drew Holiday's been crazy. Now, let's talk Bucks basketball because, oh, Drew Holiday, the first two games, was a freaking man. So, we go into this Bucks heat game, dude. Wow, man. Um, you're talking about your <laughs> top threes, three guys. Threes flowing everywhere. Yeah. I mean, bo- both ends. I mean, Miami had a... Really, really good game. They honestly could have won this game if they wouldn't have melted in the last six minutes of this game. I but the it was Bucks outscored them by fifteen points in the last six minutes. Yep, twenty-one to six run. They were down by they were down by fourteen, and the top three guys on this roster all scored at least twenty-five. Giannis had twenty-eight, seventeen, and five. Chris yep. Middleton twenty-six, four, and three, and Drew Holiday twenty-five, six, and eleven. They all shot pretty efficiently. They all made three-pointers. Yep. They all made plays on defense. I mean, just look at the last the last couple of minutes, right? I mean, Bobby Portis gets a pass over to Chris Middleton, who hits a three-pointer. After that, Giannis forces a jump ball, wins the jump ball. They give it to Drew. Drew wins the game on a layup. If that's not your top four players all making an impact at a certain point in the last yeah. two minutes, think about that, dude. This team has championship DNA all over it. And led by a guy, Giannis Antetokounmpo, who just every game, and this is this is getting ridiculous, dude. Honestly, 
because we're running out of out of ways to to explain him. But Giannis literally gets better every single game. He fixes yeah. his handle. He fix like if he throws a pass <laughs> in the corner and it's a little bit to the left, he'll be like, "Okay, I need to fix that." This guy loves winning and loves he competing. Gets, he gets genuinely mad at himself when he misses free throws. I know, which, and, which and that's he a great thing. With last week, but yeah, like I don't. Oh God, if I'm an opponent, I do not want to face an angry Giannis. That would concern me. <laughs> like <laughs> and yikes. <laughs> And, and, hey, I want to say I did have Tyler Hero written down because he really did have a really, really good game, but Mm -hmm. he did disappear late in that game. And something I want to ask you, and I want to know if you have the answer to this, um, why do the Bucs always struggle in the third? I just don't understand. I don't know. And it's it's such a weird thing because, like, the past couple years with Budenholzer, they've been a really good third-quarter team. Mm -hmm. Um, And... To be honest with you, I don't think even the Bucks have the answer to that question. Um, I was thinking about this, and my opinion is that the third quarter for the Bucks is what special teams was to the Packers. Like we know it's an issue heading to the postseason, and if it's not fixed before the postseason, could potentially be an undoing. Now, yeah. in the NBA, you have seven game series, so if it happens to you one game, you can overcome that in a series. Mm-hmm. So you can you you know it can happen to you one game where you get outscored by ten in the third quarter and you lose a game. It can happen. You don't want it to happen, but you can lose a game and still win a series in five or win a series in six, like or win a series in seven, like the Bucks did with the Nets. And if they play so the Bulls, they're going to win the series in four. So dude, I'm really excited for that. I, oh, I seriously think they would. Um, we will. We will kill Chicago. They don't so, stand a chance, dude. <laughs> they they don't have anybody to defend Giannis, and they're like, "Oh, Tristan Thompson is big and strong." It's like, okay, like you, yeah. like we posted the picture of Giannis behind the backboard with Tristan Thompson, Nikola Vucevic, and I think Io Dosunmu standing behind him, and the caption on it is Giannis dunked this. Yeah, we posted. He's that, a actually. step behind the rim with two centers and a point guard around him. And he dunked that basketball. Yeah, with one hand, he just rose up, and it's just yeah. like that was a. It's one of those too. things, man. Just, just like it, it's getting ridiculous that he he improves every game. The guy, every <laughs> once in a while, he makes a dunk, and you're just like, wow. Dude. I saw somebody ask on Twitter saying, like, is there any reason why Giannis can't win the most improved, most valuable, and defensive player of the year in the same year? Seriously, like, dude. Shit. Seriously. The Bucks like, is there, have is there a runaway most improved player this year? Like you, could, like you could say Tyler Hero, but he's going to be six man. But did you hear about Van Gundy a couple weeks ago talk about six man? No, oh, it's a stupid award. He was like, <laughs> I hate that award. He's like, why don't they have a seventh man and an eighth man and a tenth man? And I'm like, I'm not going to lie. I kind of agree with that. Six <laughs> man is kind of stupid. Yeah. Like, oh, you're the best of the worst. Because you're, you you're, the, the, you're the best player who's not good enough to be a starter. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> um, I agree. Like, I get that it's an award to recognize a player that contributes off the mm. bench. But um, talking about the Bucks and the Heat, this game started off with a lot of threes. And then Giannis yep. getting in foul trouble. Um, Chris Middleton and company, like, held down the fort. And Giannis came back in and they went on a 6-0 run, grabbed a 10-point lead. The Bucks. I mean, 
the Bucks want guys that don't shoot as well. You know, they didn't want Jimmy Butler's and Tyler Heroes and Duncan Robinson shooting threes. You want guys like Cody Martin and Max Struess shooting their threes, but you still got to contest them. That's a thing where they miss Pat Connaughton. Pat Connaughton's one of the guys that would go and try to run at those three-point shooters. But um, Chris Middleton went crazy in the first half with Giannis in foul trouble. He was hitting, like, running jumpers. He looked like Dirk Middleton. Seriously, because he was hitting jumpers off of one foot. Like, he's fading in every single direction and still cashing jumpers. And, like, the Bucks went down. This was, I mean, the Bucks went down by two at halftime. And across the board, the two-point advantage that Miami had was really only because they made two more free throws. Other than that, it was a pretty even first half. Going into the second half, uh, Miami was getting all their threes in rhythm. Um, they, I mean... You get a good rhythm shot. You feel good that it's going to go in. That's what Miami was doing. Um, mm-hmm. They're getting, you know, they're getting open. They're getting rhythm, and they're shooting with confidence. That that's how you win. That's how you play. Uh, the Bucks yeah. got down by eleven at one point, seventy-seven to sixty-six. Went on an eleven to two run, capped by a Grayson Allen dunk. The lead got or the run got as big as fourteen to two on a Wesley Matthews three. And it was a lot less back and forth in the third quarter, and it and it showed why basketball is a game of runs. Well, Jake and I will say this yes. probably every single show we talk about basketball. Um, it's the Bucks were thing. down one thirteen to ninety nine with seven minutes to go. The Miami's hitting tons and tons of threes, um, and that's when the Bucks took over. Um, it was it was big three time. Um, Giannis and Drew were getting multiple buckets. They were down. F- Four with less than 20 seconds to go. Wesley Matthews and Bobby Portis forced a turnover. Chris Middleton walks into a three. Bucks are down one. They win the jump. Drew Holiday goes and gets a glass. Bank shot. Game winner. Day after, Chucky Hepburn hits a glass. Game winner. Both of them happening with less than two seconds left on the clock. Jake and I, we put that together top and bottom with each other so you can watch both at the same time because it was awesome. Within two nights, the Buck or the Wisconsin basketball teams had two game winners by their point guards off the glass, less than two seconds left. Bro, and he made him look small on that layup, bro. That point guard from Miami, that backup point, I don't remember his name, but dude, he was he was backpedaling. Uh, he knew Gabe Vincent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a really good game, by the way. He was hitting a lot of big time shots. Yep. A lot of threes. But Dude, he made him. He 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 was like nervous backing up, and I, he knew that the contact was coming. But man, Drew is so strong, man, and that's something that just makes him so good. And he's able to bump him with the right and still shoot that with the right high off the glass. And it's like for him to have that poise under pressure and gives us a third option in situations like that. I mean, and I feel pretty confident in Bobby Portis taking a wide open corner three. You know, if it kicks yep. out to that. Shit, we I got feel a lot of content with Bobby Portis shooting a contested corner three like he does. Shit, and then, and then you got <laughs> and then you got Pat Connaughton who can load up a three. Brooke Lopez yep. can take big shots. I mean, Pat Connaughton was clutch threes like all last playoff run. Yeah, like, during the, the, that I mean, series, he hit some motherfucking clutch threes. Pat yeah, Connaughton he did. did. Hey, we'll talk um, about Chucky, man. We're gonna we'll get to the Chucky. Badgers. Unfortunately, we have to talk about the Badgers, but we're gonna look forward Oof. more than backwards. So this game, the last thing I want to say about the Bucks and the Heat, <clears throat> the two things. What are the two things that I always talk about? I don't, uh, turnovers and free throws. Those are the two. Free throws, Bucks were 24 for 27. Since yep, that really good. bad Nets game where they lost because they were turning the ball over and missing a bunch of free throws, 
24 for 27 on free throws, 12 turnovers. I can live with that. You can definitely live with that. Uh, and on 22 assists, so you're plus 10 on the assisted turnovers. I mean, you you can contest some three-pointers, force guys out of their rhythm, and Bucks will be just fine. Um, that gives me confidence that the Bucks could win a series against the Heat. I do believe that the Bucks and Heat um, are probably going to be the two biggest contenders in the East. Um, Over the, Philadelphia the doesn't. Philadelphia doesn't concern me. They really don't. Um, okay. I'd be fine with the Bucks 76ers second round. That would be that would be entertaining. Uh, Michael will get there. We're gonna get to the Big Ten tournament. We're gonna get to the we're gonna get to the Badgers, but. Let's talk about the Bucks and the Bulls. I see a couple people in here. David saying another owner of Chicago Sports. Bucks uh, have owned the Bulls. So <laughs> talk about this Bucks and Bulls game. Because Bobby Portis is still hot. Still hot. Yeah. He's been hot for like a month and a half. The guy is playing with supreme confidence. So talking about the Bucks owning the Bulls, the Bucks have won 14 of the last 15 games versus the Chicago <laughs> Bulls. Uh, we own them. Dude, they believe they're contenders. And I got a stat that says they don't because against I, Miami, I bet Philadelphia, and the Bucks, <laughs> they are 0 for 9. Ugh. That's terrible. Like, and, you know, I'm arguing with Bulls fans, and, you know, there's one Bulls fan in specifics like, we're picked to finish 11th. Okay, listen, the Badgers are finished to finish 10th in the Big Ten, right? But now that we're in the position that we're in, I expect them to win games. Yep. And when they don't win games, I get pissed. I don't care yep. what you were picked to do yep. in the, in the preseason. Okay, okay. The Bulls were picked to finish this in the in the preseason, right? Yep. Who cares? You're you're a top three seed at this point. You're expected to win now. Maybe you weren't then, but right now you are expected to win some big time games, and you're just not doing it. So that proves that you are pretenders. I'm sorry. That's the end of the story. Yeah, Scott, that, that, we will get to is. we will get to Johnny Davis's injury. I do have an update on it, and. It's a positive one. So, spoiler yes, alert, yes. positive update on Johnny Davis, but we're going to keep talking about the Bucks for now. Yes. Um, um, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. All I was going to say is in the beginning of this game, I was hoping to see more discipline, offense, defense, and in transition, um, just, just to see more discipline. Um, taking care of the ball. Um, don't settle for jumpers. Like, you don't yep. – like, Giannis, when we play the Bulls, like, they don't have anybody to stop you. You can get to the rim. Every single time. Derek Jones Jr. is not strong enough. He's athletic enough and he's tall enough, but he's not yes. strong enough. Tristan Thompson is, ta- is tall enough. He's strong enough, but he's not fast enough. Vucevic no. sucks on defense. So that's, you know, that's whatever. But they hey, do I, not Isaac, have somebody is, pay for you. He's pointing out Middleton. You know who the real clutch player of this game was? You know, Tyler. Who is the real clutch player in this game? I'm going to say Drew Holiday again. Uh, yeah, dude. He was dropping hammers. And me and you were texting when he hit that one fadeaway jumper. We were like, oh, shit. <laughs> the one on the baseline that was like, oh, <laughs> my God. Yeah, Drew Holiday was the man in this game. I mean, um, Middleton hit a couple of big shots. but Yes, and you know, in the fourth quarter, it was kind of all three of them at times. Like um, I've yep. said this a whole bunch of times. Giannis and Chris Middleton running a pick and roll is damn near unstoppable. But Drew was absolutely locked in at both ends of the floor in this game. Yeah, he was. And, dude, he, like, I'm glad that Budenholzer saved his, his review, his challenge, because they called that foul on Levine shooting a three at the end of the game, and Middleton, like, had not touched him. 
Yep. Like that could have been a potential tie game, which would have been super annoying, but it is what yeah. it is. Um, you know, they, this was another game of runs. Chicago in the third quarter, they got hot, they got momentum, they got some dunks, and they were flying high. And then the last six minutes or so of the fourth quarter, the Bucks looked like they wanted this game more. Scott, once we finish talking about the game, we will address the Grayson Allen thing because I yeah, had some stuff will. to say about that before that because so that was just a <laughs> stupid thing. But um, Giannis had like his worst game of the year at the free throw line, but he made them when they counted. Um, God, the big three was just absolutely insane in this game. Yeah. Um, the three of them combined for 82 points, 30 rebounds, and 17 assists. That's, that's nuts that's nuts when you look at their totality in those categories you know that is insane they they are all super balanced in those areas like Giannis 34 16 and 5 drew 26 8 and 5 middleton 22 6 and 7 and they all shot efficiently they yeah they except for Giannis at the free throw line but that's that's yeah and he knows it, it. if you if you would have made his free throws dude we would have killed them <laughs> Um, so let's talk about Grayson Allen slash Tristan Thompson because, Hmm. oh my God, this is annoying. And and, like, this made me just dislike Chicago even more. First of all, Tristan Thompson, like, dude, you've played four games with the Bulls. You were not on the Bulls when this first game happened. Don't Hmm. talk shit. You look stupid. How close could you possibly be to Alex Caruso in a week? Like, I get you don't hit my boy like that. We're going to have problems like that. Oh, my God, dude. That's it's so dumb that you even said that in the first place. You could have said something like, if it happens again, I'll stand up for my teammates. I would have respected that. But yeah, to act like you were there the first time it happened and you and Caruso are super close buddies after a week of you being on the Bulls and four games played. Look, It was stupid. And Caruso hasn't played wanna... in any of those games. <laughs> exactly. So, do you want to say anything specifically about Tristan Thompson's comments before I address the Grayson Allen thing? Um, I want to say, who the heck is scared of Tristan Thompson? <laughs> That's what I. Th- that is literally the first thing I thought of when they were like, "Oh, Tristan Thompson's bringing the bringing the beef to the Bucks Bulls." I'm like, who the hell is sitting in their chair in the Bucks locker room? Like, oh no, Tristan's mad. Dude, we're n- we don't care. We don't care. That's what I first thought. Oh, the, oh no, Tristan's mad. That was fucking funny. Yeah, oh, he's pissed. <laughs> okay. Oh, no, he might have six points and four rebounds against us. Oh. Oh, okay. he'll, he'll, have the, he'll have the same amount of fouls as he does rebounds. Yeah, good for you, Tristan. Go sit your ass on the bench, uh, dude. My, my dad said something funny, too, which was Alan, Grayson Allen said that he heard worse booing when he was a player at Duke than he did from the Bulls. Um, every time Grayson Allen got the ball, I just wanted him to score every single time. Dude, that's really hey, that, that was my point. He had the most impactful seven points and four <laughs> rebounds I've ever seen in an NBA game. I'm being okay. serious, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, because now I have to switch and get a little serious. Okay. And if, if there's small children nearby, put some earmuffs on. Chicago, if you were in this game and you cheered when Grayson Allen got elbowed, you are a garbage fan. That is bullshit. 
don't do that. Like, I don't give a shit how bad you hate a player. Don't cheer for injuries. You are a garbage person if you do it. I don't like Kirk Cousins. I don't like Justin Fields. I don't like, say, uh, pick anybody you want from any rival, like Javier Baez or mm-hmm. Yadier Molina. I would not for a damn second wish that any of them would get hurt playing the games and the sports that they play. That is absolute garbage that Chicago fans were cheering when Grayson Allen got hurt or got hit, elbowed. I mean, I hate James Harden, but I'd much rather watch him choke in the playoffs than exactly. get easily, tear his ACL. You know? James Harden is easily one of my least favorite players in any professional sport. I do not wish for him to get elbowed in the head. It was funny as shit when Giannis threw the basketball and hit him in the head with basketball. That wasn't going to hurt him. It was just funny. I mean, it did hurt him. It hurt his pride. (laughs) That hurt his pride. It's it's not an elbow to the face getting knocked to the floor. I 100% agree. So that, to me, like, it's just another, another layer of cement, the fact that Chicago is a garbage city. Oh, if, they are. If, if if you were one of those fans that cheered when he got hurt. And do you know how, like, mentally weak you have to be to be like, he took out our guy. Let's make sure that we foul him. Like, bro, shut up, man. Like, right. I understand in baseball when they plunk your best player. Right. And it's kind of like an unwritten rule. Like, all right, you're going to get hit. So this is what it is. And they just take it. And, you know, sometimes I, there's some jaw going on. But – that's a baseball thing, dude. Basketball isn't about this thug life no more. Either they, yeah, right? Like, they throw, they throw at, um, they usually throw at your butt, honestly, or like your leg. You don't, they don't throw at your head. They don't throw at your neck. They don't throw at your shoulder, so that it'll hit you and bounce and hit you in the head. Like, it's. I agree with what Scott said. I think that they were trying to hit him, and I don't think Grayson was trying to hurt anybody. I think he was just trying to, like. They say in basketball, you know, like when those swipe fouls and the guys get the and ones, it's like, dude, those are the most annoying fouls of all time. Yeah. Everybody always says, if you're going to foul, foul him. Do not let him get the shot up. Right. Now, don't should he have let him on. landed? He landed awkwardly, and that sucks that he got hurt. We don't wish well, that on when anybody. You, but when you have a guy who's wasn't up trying in the to hurt air him. like that and you grab arms, like that's going to pull your whole body. Like I don't – it's not like pulling somebody down by the shoulders or – hitting somebody in the head it's not the same thing i think grayson definitely could have hit him in the head if he wanted to in that situation um and like the thing that grayson allen didn't do is he didn't wind up so it's not like it's not like he you know he hit his arm but it's not like he went like this and wound up hit him it right and And i really think it was all for the head is not the same thing i think he was i think he was just trying to make sure that caruso didn't finish the end one that's what it's, I think too. Chicago fans aren't gonna like to hear this, but it's not Grayson Allen's fault that Caruso landed awkwardly. It's uh, honestly it sucks, it's gravity, but... like it's physics, but um, yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's not his fault. Um, that being said, is there anything else that you want to say about the Bucks and Bulls game? No, I'm really excited to talk about the Chris Middleton Bucks vs. Suns game. Oh, the Chris Middleton special, huh? Oh, dude, he had me out of my damn seat, man. He was going crazy. 
All right, before we switch over, I have a stat written down on this page because this is where it came from. If Giannis is first team All-NBA unanimous this season, he would be the first since 1966 and 67 to do it in four straight years. He'd be the first to do it since 66-67. Michael Jordan... LeBron James and James Harden have done it three times in a row. Giannis would be the first to do it four times in a row. He's only 27, dude. He could do it like three more years in a row. He could be unanimous All-NBA first team like seven times in a row. This guy might go down as the GOAT, dude. I'm being serious. He might. If he Uh, just stacks some titles together... I'm saying, bro. Yeah. We might be watching a seven-foot GOAT. That we, came out yeah. of Greece, who was selling CDs, bro. That's all yeah. I'm saying. And chose to stay in Milwaukee. Man, what a time to be a Bucks fan. And please do not go a day without being appreciative. Because I think people have done that with Aaron Rodgers, and I don't yeah. want people to do that with, with, with Giannis. Please. With Giannis, yeah. And Giannis is it's, a great human on top of being yeah. a great basketball player. So, yes. please. Um, and, and with – Giannis, like it's hard for people to recognize greatness when it happens. If I, I swear to God, if I have to have the Giannis versus Kevin Garnett discussion one more time, I'm gonna leap through my screen and strangle somebody. Yeah. Um. After I saw Giannis do a pull up deep three at the buzzer before half yesterday, <laughs> thinking that ship has sailed. <laughs> Just saying, thinking that ship has sailed. <laughs> Scott, yes, Grayson Allen got a favorite two. Which was excessive. It's excessive contact. It's usually supposed to be to the head. And it's supposed to include unnecessary contact, which would be something like a wind up, um, which Grayson didn't do. Um, so what we said about this when it happened was that if it if his name was not Grayson Allen, it would have been a flagrant one. Yeah. Um so that's that's pretty much what happened. But yes, he did get uh, tossed out of that game. Um my dad asked if you saw the the Buddy Boheim punch that his dad defended. I did not see it. Um, I, I saw like that. a photo of him, like he was like kind of standing out of bounds, and he gave. I know he like punched him in the gut because I I read a little thing on my phone that popped up from ESPN, but no, I didn't see it. But I did see that his dad was defending it, which was garbage. Um, I wanted to point out Scott's comment here about that's a pretty cool stat. Scott, we do a thing called Stat of the Week. Uh, Tyler and I share like cool stats that we both appreciated and that people might not know. We share those every week. So um, don't forget to invite your friends, Scott. Um, you seem like you're very interested in the show. Invite all your friends, bring them all here, and hopefully they all join the discussion like you did, man. Really appreciate it. That's why we do yeah, the I'll, shows live. Yeah. Oh, Jason, I'll definitely, wa- I'll definitely watch that after this. I was gonna I'm pull have to it up. See what it is. <laughs> Are you gonna watch right now? Um, I'll start with the I'll start the Bucks and, and Suns talk if you're cool with that. Okay. Um, uh, Bucks and Suns. Uh, Bucks ended up winning this game 132-122 in a rematch of the finals. Um, I know that this one didn't have as much gas because there's no CP3 or no uh, Devin Booker, but either way, the Suns were winning games without them. So for for people to use that excuse like, oh, you beat the Suns without blah blah. blah they're beating everybody else without them, so I don't know why it's any different for us. Um, because it's the Giannis, Giannis in this game, he only had 19, 13, and 6. That's a down game for Giannis, which is pretty sad. That's a really, really good game for a lot of players. But he ended up being in a lot of foul trouble in this game. 
And Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, they continued their hot streak, and they carried the team. Uh, Drew Holiday was hitting some dagger step-back threes, and Chris Middleton was like, hold my beer. I'm going to do that two times now. (laughs) And yeah, Seriously, like Drew Holiday hit that one step-back three, and I was like, oh, that was so spicy. And all of a sudden, Chris Middleton's just like, bang, bang, mid-range, bang, step-back three, bang. I'm like, oh, my God, what is happening right now? Chris Middleton is on fire. And this was right after... Uh, on national television, we watched Jason Tatum go for 50-plus. And the yeah. night before, everybody watched LeBron go for, like, what, 56? 56. It's like, oh, my God. These guys, I mean, the the, the the star players, and, yes, Chris Middleton is a star. He is not a superstar. He is a right. star. I would consider yep. him a star. Yep. Um, he They're starting to get into to playoff mode. I would also consider yep. Drew Holiday a star um, just because of his impact on both ends of the floor. And Giannis is a superstar. Um, Bobby Portis is starting, in my opinion, to become an offensive star because he he's a guy that can, can fill it up, in my opinion. Um, and he can be a double-double machine. But, um, you know, in this game, Chris Middleton really just controlled the entire pace. Holiday was hitting daggers. And one thing I wanted to point out, did you see the rebounding difference in this game? Let's see. Did I have the rebounding difference? I did not have the rebounding totals from this game. The Bucks had 48 rebounds. The Phoenix Suns had 27. We dominated them on the boards. We were way more physical. And you know um, what? The, ki- the only thing, <clears throat> you know what? The only thing you would hear from that game is, oh, DeAndre yeah. Ayton had a career high. That's what you would hear. Yeah, and Mikel Bridges did have a really good game. Mikel Bridges. I like I Mikel mean, Bridges. He's a very so solid player. He was my X Factor pick in the finals. He, yeah, he's a very he good is, player. He could be in the running for most improved because he's gotten better since last That's year. That's valid. He's actually in the running for uh, he's in the running for Six defensive man. player of the year as well. Is he really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Jaron um, Jackson Jr. is in there as well, um, and yeah, Mikael Bridges is up there. Wow. Um, I wanted to point out that Nawara had a really good game. He made some big time shots. I, I, th- I have some I, things to say about Jordan Wara when we talk about this game and the OKC game. I want to say um, some things about Jordan Wara. Nawara did a really good job of turning down just being a catch-and-shoot guy, putting the ball on the floor, and creating good shots. Um, and Serge Ibaka, 10 of 14, or 10 and 14. He was 6 of 10, 1 of 2. He hit a three-pointer. Ibaka is now starting to get comfortable in his role and in the spots that he could score from. And he had a really good play last night where Giannis was on the, the right wing and he kind of just flashed in the middle of the paint Got the ball, posted up, and he did a little hook shot. And I'm like, yeah, dude, that's the kind of stuff that I envisioned when Ibaka was traded to the Bucks. Um So can we know, shut the just... hell up about DeMarcus Cousins now? Fuck. Y- yeah. Oh, my God, dude. Oh, I'm so sick I'm tired of, of it. It's just like the Rodgers stuff, dude. Jeez. Oh, my God. DeMarcus dude, dude he's literally 30 points one time when Jokic is out. And people are like, oh, my God, why didn't we let him go? He could have scored 30 every single game for us. Dude, he's not shooting the ball like freaking 28 times for the Bucks, dude. God, I'm tired of the DeMarcus Cousins shit. Yeah, he uh, Scott said Bridges had a really good – he did. He had a really good fourth quarter against us. Um, okay. But the Bucks' big three, as long, as long, when they all three play, we are nearly unstoppable. Dude, seriously. Bucks are like nearly unstoppable. Yeah. Okay. So <clears> – <throat> Okay. I'm going to start – Gonna, whatever. So this is another game where the Bucks they're over helping a little bit 
Um, this is something that Brooke Lopez can assist with when he's back. Um, skies need to be swarming a little bit more. Um, it's it's something where like I kind of wish the the Bucks could take a page out of the Badgers book. The Badgers do a really good job of like swarming their defense. They do a really good job of rotating, making sure that the next man that's going to get the next pass is covered. Um, the Badgers are very, very good at that. I wish the Bucks could kind of take a page out of the Badgers' book that way. Um, they were just overhelping, and that allowed Phoenix to move the ball and get some open looks. Um, they're only just, they're only down three points at halftime, despite ten turnovers in the first half, which was disgusting and irritating. Uh, um, yeah, we were texting about that. <sighs> Phoenix had 21 points off the first half turnovers. They had 21 points off turnovers in the first half. Um, yes, yeah, Scott, I agree with you. It's time to move on from DeMarcus Cousins. Like It was worth the experiment, but he's not a three-point shooter and he's not a rim protector. So DeMarcus Cousins doesn't really fit. Um, anyways... Um, that's why I said I wish the Bucks could take a page out of the Badgers' book comparing NBA to the NCAA um, just so that they can swarm because defense wins championships. Um, starting the second half, the Bucks' defensive energy did look better. They were defending without fouling. Um, and this is where I got into an argument was like in the beginning of the second half where somebody was telling me that Chris Middleton is not a good passer. And I said, yes, he is. And I said, oh, you must only look at box scores. Chris Middleton had two absolute dimes to Bobby Portis, but he got fouled on both of them. And that is why I will to this day continue to defend my thought that if a player gets fouled on a basket that would have been an assist and he makes both free throws, you should still get an assist for that. I I will say that until it happens. That if a guy gets fouled on a pass that would have been an assist and makes two free throws, he should get an assist for that. And, yes, Chris is a very good passer. He's an underrated passer. I've said it probably 50 times on this show. Um, And it shows. You'll see it in the Oklahoma City game. Um, Anyways, as far as Jordan Wara is concerned, when you come into the game, like, you don't have to shoot a three, like, literally the first time you touch the ball. And just for Jordan Wara in general, like, you're going to get opportunities with Pat out and Grayson missing one or two, like, um, you know, back-to-backs here and there. Like, the opportunity for Jordan Wara is there. Um, his three-point shooting has been very poor the last two games. But mm-hmm. inside the three-point line, he's been a stud. So my, my message to Jordan Wara would be, don't shoot the first shot you you can attempt when you come into the game. And when you get the ball, pump fake and go inside the line. It's working really just well play. the last two games. Yeah. Just um, play within the offense, dude. Yeah. Don't force it. Yeah. Like, I get that it's the let it fly thing, but it does seem like he's forcing the threes when he's taking them. Yeah. Shoot them when you're just... open, and when you're not, hey, throw a pump fake and a dribble drive. He's playing Agreed. well inside the three-point line the last two games. Um, Ibaka being effective off the bench, scoring and rebounding. He finished with 14 and 10, six offensive rebounds. Um, I didn't look to how many second chance points that led to, but, um, and then <laughs> Drew Holiday came alive in the fourth quarter. He got some really weak foul calls on him and he kept scoring and seeing Drew Holiday get fired up and show emotion for a guy who's really, usually really super even keel. I loved it. 
I love seeing Jordan. Mm. Oh my God. Seeing Drew Holiday get fired up was awesome. It was awesome. Um, <clears throat> and then the Bucks started moving the ball. Ball got moved all the way around to Chris Middleton, hit a three to tie the game at 113. And then <laughs> Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday carried the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, <laughs> I, I told it up because I wanted to see how much it was. So the Bucks scored 41 points in the fourth quarter. Guess how many were scored by Drew and Chris? I'm going to say 30. 33. Oh, wow. So close. I knew they were killing, bro. <laughs> they, They're both hitting they scored, threes. They scored 80% of the Bucks' points in the fourth quarter. They were going nuts, bro. They were just And they were super bombs. even, too. Middleton had 16 and Holiday had 17 in the fourth quarter. Yeah, dude. They went Holiday? insane. Holiday was the man this week, dude. <laughs> oh, my God. They went nuts. They both went nuts. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that was awesome. So, Chris Middleton finished with 44, 8, and 5. Drew Holiday finished with 24, 9 assists, and 4 steals. And Giannis, ho-hum, 19 points, 13 rebounds, and 6 assists. Yeah. The only thing he didn't do is <laughs> score right? 30. Yeah. He did everything yeah. else. <laughs> yeah, he just had a double-double and 6 assists. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um. So couple things that I want to address. Actually, the last thing that I want to address in this game is it's an unwritten rule in basketball that if you're up by double digits, you take a turnover, which the Bucks were up seven with 25 seconds to go and nine on the shot clock. And Middleton shot a, just a just a screwing around step back three, and he happened to make it. Uh-huh. And, Jay Crowder, and Jay Crowder was hurt about it. Like, No, he was hurt dude, because Bobby put go. the ball in his chest. <laughs> he was hurt because Bobby like, put the ball in his chest, bro. Come on. That that unwritten rule that you take the shot clock turnover, like just just get over it. Like if he shoots that shot and he misses it, nobody cares. But because he made it, it's all like, oh, you're just running up the score. Ugh. Whatever. Nobody cares about your feelings. Just yeah, move on. Real. Yeah, go cry in your Lamborghini. Jesus. Right. right. And that's that's different. Like, yeah, I'm saying I don't care about your feelings, about your feelings being hurt, that you lost the game by 10, that we're going to lose by 7. Like, sorry. It's not the same lost, as cheering so. for injuries. It's not the same thing. So if if somebody wants to question me why I say I don't care about somebody's feelings, but I don't, you know, I tell people not to cheer for injuries, but whatever. That's the unwritten rule thing, just whatever. Um, I, I like Crowder, too. I like Marquette. So it's, it's a I little hate bit Crowder of a, because he always kills the Bucks. He oh does. He's a Bucks killer. Him and he just freaking Terry Rozier. I, I will so say it's my dying day too that like Eric Bledsoe got Terry Rozier paid. Oh yeah, he did. He got him eighty <laughs> mil. Yeah. Um. Anyways, that's that's what I have about the Bucks and Suns. If you want to say anything uh, else about Bucks, and Suns. the thing I liked. When Crowder was trying to go at Bobby, was first of all, Bobby was laughing, so that was hilarious. And then <laughs> Ibaka was one of the first people that went over there like, listen, bro, you ain't going to come over here and start some of that that stuff, bro, because I'm about that life. And that's what I like about uh, about Ibaka, dude. Imagine Ibaka and Bobby, bro. They're going to protect everybody. And then you dude, know Giannis. Yeah. Tristan Thompson, you want to fight with somebody? Like, Serge Ibaka will rock you. Yeah, okay. Go at Grayson Allen. See what happens. You're going to get clocked. 
Ibaka will take that suspension. He's about that yeah. life. Oh, yeah. He really is. Yeah. <laughs> he comes from a different country, bro. <laughs> I know. He's about that life. I would not mess with the Bucks right now. Oh, hell you got, no. You got, you got Bobby and Serge coming at you. That's two 6'10 dudes. Hell no. I don't want none of that. I'm good. Yeah, Serge hey, He ain't he's, screwed. He's... Nah, he ain't scared, bro. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Do you want to say anything else, Bucks Suns, before we talk about last night's game? Um, Felt good to beat the Suns again. And... You know, you're looking at the West playoffs and you're kind of, you know, sizing everybody up because this is the time of the year where you kind of size everybody up. We're sizing mm-hmm. up the Bucks, we're sizing up the Sixers in the East. Yep. And you look at the, the West, the Suns literally might go back to the finals. They look like the best team in the West. It could be a rematch. It really could. If if Denver is able to get back a couple players, you know, Michael Porter right. and, Jamal and, uh, and Jamal Murray, and they can, they can get up to speed at all. Yep. The Nuggets might contend with them. Yeah. But other than that, I don't see Utah really doing anything. I mean, Utah's just been like a really steady good Utah team, is but... getting distracted by the fact that Donovan Mitchell wants out. Or Rudy yeah. Gobert gone. But Utah's already committed to Rudy Gobert. Yeah, um, I mean... If Golden State can get healthy and get their stuff together, like, Bro, maybe, they're so weird. They're so They weird. are weird. They... Like, they got, they got worse when Clay came back. Yeah, dude, they can go on a seven-game winning streak, and then they can go on a five-game losing streak, and you're like, what is this team? Right. What is the, What are they? Like, nobody yeah. knows. I mean, on paper, you're looking at Draymond Green, Klay Thompson, and Steph Curry, and you're like, yeah, that's the best team. Uh, and then you Jordan look at the Poole. Suns. Jordan Poole is the most improved. He's He might win the most improved. Milwaukee product, by the way, 4-1-4, yeah. baby. Let's go. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Suns are probably going back to the finals, so we might yeah. get a rematch, man. We and might I, get a rematch. I will not be mad because last year's finals was amazing. There was a lot of highlights, man. Yeah. My favorite my was. favorite sports play of all time might be the Drew Holiday steal to Giannis Dunk. Because, just because of what happened after the play. Dude, he stared at the camera like this. And I'm like, <laughs> literally nothing's going to top this feeling. Right I... Now. I think for me, it might be Giannis's block on Aiton. Yeah, that was just such an incredible play. The chances of that happening are this. Right. And, like, he thought he was – he's, like, like listening to him talk about it, he's like, I thought I was about to get dunked on. And and, they all, and the Suns fans are all happy that it did it in the regular season. Okay, cool. Yeah, we got the block in the finals, bums. Right. <laughs> you can go and look at the trophy. Like, it's it's going <laughs> to happen because Giannis is such a good dunker. And Giannis is a good shot blocker. You're not going to see Giannis all of Giannis's dunk highlights. You're going to see highlights if Giannis gets dunked on. It's going to happen because he's going to continue contending for those. Yep, and it's going to okay happen with me. if Giannis okay with me. he got dunked on by Derek Jones Jr. during the Bulls game. It's going to happen. However, yeah. it's also going to happen like Bobby Portis did the same thing. Bobby Portis went and blocked Zach Levine. Zach Levine is a slam dunk contest winner. Zach Levine can fly. Bobby Portis yeah. sent his shit back. Yeah, oh, he sent it back hard. And then that in, the, in awesome. the Heat game, Giannis absolutely destroyed yeah, Jimmy Butler. Yeah, oh. he did. Butler thought he was wide open. He was like, oh, man, it's going to be sweet, bro. I'm just going to do a little lefty layup, bro. Giannis said, yeah, you thought. Wham, bro. That was a Spalding on the forehead he, type block, dude. He had like three blocks in – like a four minute stretch in that Suns game, I think too. Like, I mean, yeah, he like had the sick one. Gonna, on. He's gonna block a ton of shots, 
but because it never happens or it happens so rarely, it's good. The highlights are going to be there when Giannis gets dunked on because he's a guy who doesn't usually get dunked on. Doesn't yeah, you happen. you could tell the people that watch the highlight videos and don't watch the whole game. Exactly. Or because or Gian, no Giannis will end with he'll end with with three blocks, four blocks, but he'll get dunked on one time, and everybody's like, "Oh, Giannis got dunked on." I'm like, "Bro, he had right. four blocks." Like, <laughs> right? I'll take the four blocks and the right? W. Like, you can you can have yeah. your highlight. There, there's <laughs> ten points on the board there, and Giannis took away eight of them. Yeah, for real. Whatever. So, that's people yeah. that don't have things in perspective. That's and that's that's people that don't know basketball too. Like you know, like I'm not trying to be a dick about it, but like, give me the guy that will try to contest that shot as opposed to letting it go uncontested every single time because that's an Agreed. effort play. And if Agreed. you get dunked on, so what? He was going to score the two points anyways. But if you block yep. his shot and you take two points away, not only do you take away those two points, you also take away some momentum. Like, yeah, you get momentum from dunking on people too, but like, give me the guy that tries to to take those points away as opposed to the guy that just lets the guy get the open dunk. Agreed. Okay. Bucks Thunder. I was really disappointed, honestly, that Josh Giddy didn't play because I wanted to see him play. Um, yeah, he's a. I don't even know what position he plays for the Thunder because he kind of plays like multiple positions, but um, he's, he seems like an entertaining player from what I've heard about him, what I've read about him, and what I've seen from him. I was excited to be able to watch him play, but he was out last night. Um, Grayson Allen was also out last night, which is why I mentioned that with Jordan Wara and his opportunity because he started. Um, what did you see from the Bucks and Thunder? Well... <laughs> I saw a couple things. Uh, Chris Middleton kept his hot streak going. He's been playing really, really well, shooting well, yep. taking very high-quality shots. I mean, in my opinion, he <clears> takes <throat> some some bad shots over the course of the season, but that's just because offense gets lackluster. But these last couple weeks, he's really been a really, really big-time shot maker. Um, Holiday didn't have his best game, 13-4-6. Uh, Bobby Portis picked him up, though, 18-14. and 14. Uh, With two assists for Bobby Portis, so that's a very, very good game. Um, But Giannis, 39-7-7, 4 from downtown. I mean, the buzzer beater, yeah, the buzzer beater at the end of half was just kind of like, okay, this guy's literally just messing around with everybody now. I mean, and they scored a season high in points last night, 142. Yep. Uh, They shot the ball well. At one point, I was watching in the fourth quarter, and we're all making shots, and Javon Carter's coming in making shots. He had four threes last night, by the way. Yep. And I'm like, Jesus, guys, we got to play tomorrow night. Let's save some of these for tomorrow, huh? <laughs> All right. Save some for tomorrow. Uh, hey, and, and you know, since this is a back-to-back, if we have the same commentators, you know, Doris Burke, you know, that we had for the Chicago game, it's okay if we don't play that well because our legs are tired because it's a back-to-back. We have that excuse tonight. Unless that's only for Chicago, which is so lame, dude. I was getting so annoyed at that. It's like, dude, they talked about Chicago like the entire game. It's like, dude, everybody plays back to back, and when you're in the league this long, you understand how to prepare yourself for a back to back. Yeah, and they were at home for their back to back. We're on the road, so I don't even want to hear nothing, bro. So, so really balanced scoring in the first half, and honestly, it continued throughout the game. But Serge Ibaka, nine points and seven rebounds in the first half. Yeah. Um Bucks Bucks came out aggressive in the third quarter, started really hot from three. Um Shea Gilgis Alexander, he is a rising star. So he's not, in my opinion, he's not to star level yet, but he's going to be. 
Um, monster, dude. Once, once the Thunder are done tanking, like he's going to lead that team. Um, He'll be in his you know, They have like 19 first round picks in the next three years. So they got that going for him. <laughs> they better hit on at least two of them, man. Yeah. Um, but Scheigel just Alexander was taking advantage. He got a lot of switches. So he got Bobby on him a bunch of times. Um, I was able to get to the rim just because he's faster, craftier. He's a good ball handler and he's a good shooter. Um, that being said, Oklahoma City had no answer for Giannis anywhere he went. It didn't matter if he was inside, outside. Giannis was four for four on threes. He was getting dunks. Um, Dunking from distances where it's like, okay, here comes a finger roll, and then he dunks the ball, and it's like, damn, Giannis, like he's he reminds me of Michael Jordan at the end of Space Jam. Like that's those are his arms all the time. I know, dude, it's crazy. (laughs) Um, that was was a foreshadow. That movie was a foreshadow. <laughs> um, Javon Carter had a three that was on the corner, and you could tell that the fans were saying something to him. Like, I don't know if they were just trying to get him to, like, say, him, like, you know, tell him to miss it or you suck or whatever. He hit a three. He turned around and he went, shh. Mm-hmm. That was awesome to see Javon Carter do that. So Javon Carter is getting a little bit of swag. He's settling in too, just like you mentioned with yes. Sergi Baca. He's, he's settling in too. Um, Chris Middleton put the game on ice after Giannis came out. Um, and again, I was told during the Suns game that Chris Middleton is not a good passer, and then he just casually throws out nine assists. For real, dude. <laughs> okay, yeah, I guess guys that are not good passers just, you know, throw out nine assist games once in a while. But, yes, you already mentioned the season-high 142 points. It was the eighth time that they've scored 70 in the first half. So they've done that eight times this season. Uh, willing to bet they're probably 8-0 in those games, but I didn't check. Um, I would sure hope so. <laughs> yeah. So I already mentioned Jordan Wara struggling outside the three-point line. But you're making it inside. Just keep coming inside. Let let the confidence that you get from making baskets closer to the hoop, let that build you up to give you confidence to shoot those threes. Not that you're shooting threes because you're you're a three-point shooter, and shooting them because you feel like you should because that's that's your game. Like you, you, nobody's forcing you to shoot threes. Like let yourself build some confidence and then move away from the basket. Well, and then you'll shoot your threes that, with confidence. Wouldn't you rather be a three level scorer than just to be called a three right. point shooter? Right. And, and that's only going to give that's only going to give you an extra step too, because if a guy is feeling that you're going to drive past him and shoot a floater, which Jordan Wara has a nice floater, he really does. Um, if, if guys are concerned that you're going to drive past them, they're going to step away from you. They're going to take a half a step or a step away from you when you're on the perimeter, which makes it easier to shoot your shot. So he's still young. He's still a prospect, but he's got opportunity and potential and it's, it's coming together right now. His opportunity and his potential they're they're meeting the tracks are at a crossroads here and it's, it's go time for Jordan Laura while Pat Connaughton is still injured. He's got like two weeks before Connaughton is going to be talking about being back. And, you know, when you get the opportunity to start when Grayson Allen sits, those are the times you got to go succeed. So if, if Jordan Laura wants to have a role, like now is the time to go prove you can. So I'm, I'm pulling for him, but I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, Oklahoma city game, all five starters and double figures. What you got? I just got a baseball thing. I don't want to interrupt Uh-oh. you, but. It says uh, oh. Major League Baseball postpones opening day until yep. April 14th. April 14th. 
Removes two more series from schedule. They're gonna. They're probably gonna start around June, dude. That's what I'm feeling. I'm. I'm gonna hold on to May first because that's when I suspect it. Oh, look! I just got another notification. Buddy Bayheim suspended one game for the punch. Yeah, dude. He punched um, him like right in the stomach, from what I heard. Yeah. Yeah, and it was. It was because he got. Because the guy went and banged into him. Sorry, if you don't want to bang with the big boys, stay out of the restricted circle. Uh, yeah, I agree. And yeah, then just an unnecessary punch in the stomach. That's just whatever. Um, anyways, Bucks. Um, do you want to do power pair, or should I run through what's on the schedule quick? Um, let's do power pair, and then you can do the schedule so that people have that right. fresh in their minds. That is the order that I have the banners in, so we can do that. Okay, um, Scott. It's honestly both. Um, I, I was more on the fault being on the owners, but now it's shifting to the players more. Um, equally dumb. That's how I feel. It's, it's both now. It's really both. Um, yeah, it's both. Um, Bucks power pair. Who are your two? I'm interested to see who your two are. Uh, man. And I said earlier that drew holiday was the man, but he's not even in my power pair. I have Giannis yeah. and Chris because yes. what do I Chris was just and it, here's the crazy thing. They both averaged the same number of assists and they both made the same number of field goals this week. They Total did. Yes, they did. That's yep. crazy. Um, Giannis, he averaged 30, 13 and a half and six assists. He was 42 of 74 and five of 11 on threes. So he shot 56% from the field and 45% from three. Um, I'll let you have Chris since that's been your boy forever, man. Um, I'm going to throw in, too, Giannis also averaged two steals and a block and a half. Yeah. In the four games. <laughs> um, Middleton averaged a slightly lower 29 and a quarter points. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> five rebounds, six assists. He was 42 for 79. So he was 53.2% from the field. 14 mm-hmm. for 28 on threes. 50% on threes in the last four games. It's been balling, dude. I, I would say that you. he's back. Um, and in those four games, 19 for 20 on free throws. Oh, so Middleton, <laughs> Middleton in those games, his, his field goal, three-point, and free throw percentage are 53, 50, and 95. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Chris and Chris and Drew just—they just, just oh. went boom playoff mode, and that's you know nasty. I saw a quote. I don't remember if it was from Drew or Giannis. They were both they both got asked about it, but you know, oh, I think it was Drew, and he was talked about you know how they're excited that they're winning games, and you know he's excited that they're playing well, that he's playing well, and but he's like you know these games aren't stopping, so you got to keep going. You'd be happy that it happened, but you just you switch your mind to the next game, and that is people being professionals and being very high level at their job. And we got three of them, so and in the present too. Yeah, let's let's go get it back to back, baby. Because yeah. now we're throwing so, a freaking massive party. Yes, uh, let's go. Deer District will be rocking again, dude. If they do the Deer District again this year, we gotta go, dude. I love. The video of Stephen A. Smith after game two of the finals. And he's like, <laughs> the Phoenix crowd was the greatest thing we've seen in a year and a half in sports, blah, blah, blah. And then 
Milwaukee's like, yo, dude, we're going to have gonna 60, put 100,000 000... people out outside the stadium. Yeah. So hold my beer. <laughs> and that's yeah. a lot of beers. Because <laughs> there is a lot of beer. Um, <laughs> before I do the what's next, I want to give two honorable mentions here. And it's to the guys that we said are settling in. It's Javon Carter and Serge Ibaka. Yep. Um, Serge Ibaka scored 14 points in back to back games. And Javon Carter in the last four games is seven for 12 on threes. And has four assists in back-to-back games. Dude. So it doesn't sound like a lot to have four assists, but for a guy who's only playing like 13 minutes a game, to have four assists on a Bucks team that is 21st in the NBA in assists, it's it's an impact. Four assists doesn't sound like a lot, but it's an impact because he's the backup point guard filling in for Dude. A, a team that he's been on for a week and a half. He might be it matters for a team guard. that's in the bottom third of assists per game for a guy to be able to come in and give you four off the bench and hitting threes, playing tough defense. I mean, yes, he literally might have taken George Hill's job. <laughs> he he might have like George He's... Hill might be relegated to a bench shooter, like a role player yeah. shooter, um, as as opposed to an offense runner. So I I'm gonna give Jonathan Carter some credit for that. Um, I agree. Looking at the Bucks slate of schedule, um, they have Atlanta tonight. They're at home. Um, the Bucks only have like six home games remaining out of their last like 15. Mm-hmm. Um, like we knew the Bucks had the hardest remaining schedule. It wasn't a secret. Giannis talked about it. They said they're not scared of it. So they're looking for the challenge. And if they keep winning these games and playing well, Giannis is going to have a legit claim at the MVP and nobody will be able to say that the Bucks just beat up on bad teams to get to their record like the Bulls do. <laughs> yeah, the Bulls are like twenty-seven and seven against teams that are under five hundred or something like that. Something like that. Um, the Bucks play at Golden State on Saturday. It kicks off a four-game road trip, um, so they're at Golden State on Saturday, and they're at Utah on Monday. Um, health is going to be a thing for both of those teams. Draymond Green is nearing a return for the Warriors, so he's going to be a guy to keep an eye on for Golden State game, and then obviously it's Clay and Curry, and we mentioned Jordan Poole, who could be a most improved candidate. And then Utah is Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, and a bunch of shooters. Um, Joe Ingles is out for the season. He has a torn ACL, so that's one less shooter that they have they can kill the Bucs with, but um, that team's still full of shooters. They got Jordan Clarkson and Boyan Bogdanovich, um, and obviously Donovan Mitchell. So, um, Those are the games that are on the schedule between now and next Wednesday. So, do you have anything else that you want to say about the Bucks before we finish the show with the Badgers? Let's get to let's get to six tonight, and then we'll deal with Saturday. All right. <clears throat> so, yeah, it, sadly, this is an annoying game. Um, and you know we've we've said it probably a hundred times on the show that basketball is a game of runs and this game proves it. And unfortunately the Badgers were on the wrong end of a run this game. Um, before this game started, um, Bryce McGowan's was not playing. He's going to be the big 10 freshman of the year. Or he actually, he was, um, they announced the big 10 awards yesterday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, Bryce McGowan's is the big 10 freshman of the year in mock drafts. I saw him going around pick 31. You know what that means? Yeah. Bryce McGowan's might be a Milwaukee Buck. Maybe. That's a maybe. But he's going in that area where the Bucks are going to be picking. Bucks are going to be picking towards the end of the first round. 
So maybe Bryce McGowan's gonna be a buck. That'd be cool. But let's talk. Let's let's talk about the Badgers in Nebraska game. Let's just do it. Just rip the bandit off and get it out of the way, and then we're gonna talk about some after stuff. Okay. Um. Well. Uh, Johnny Davis was absolutely killing. Obviously, he was four for four from the field, one for one from three. He had ten points, four rebounds before he got absolutely blindsided on that dirty hit. He had and some foul trouble in the first says. half too, but yes, he, he did. But that hit was just so unnecessary. It was like, what? Why? Why is this happening right now? And. I mean, Brad Davison played okay. He didn't shoot that good. But he ended up with 20 points, four rebounds, three assists, but he was 5 of 15. Yep. Um, Tyler Wall, 13 and 7, 4 of 10. Uh, Chucky, yep. he didn't shoot that good. He was 2 of 9. Yep. I mean, we wasted a very good Chris Vogt game. I want to give credit to Chris Vogt. He was 5 of we 6. We didn't waste a very good Chris Vogt game. That was his best game. Yeah. That was um, easily yeah. his best game. He was tied for our second leading scorer, so yeah, easily. Um, the thing that really bothered me in this game was how they started this game with all the turnovers. It was God, like, there's no discipline, none, no discipline, three turnovers so early that Crowell got pulled after two and a half minutes. They had seven turnovers in the first seven minutes. They ended only ended with nine. So for them to just yeah. completely shit to bed, how they started this game. And then it looked like, you know, Johnny right away early in the in the second half, he was he was pissed that he was in foul trouble. He didn't get to play a lot. And then for him to just get knocked out right away, if Johnny would have played the whole second half, we were going to win this game. Yeah. So I'm going to address Scott's comment here because he's he's on the right track. Um, he said he thinks he was hurt before he got hammered, but it was still a dirty hit. Um, I, I do have an update for Johnny Davis. I'm going to save it for after because it's going to be part of the what's next, but uh, he did say that it was something that he kind of tweaked in the um, Purdue game and mm-hmm. obviously became a full-fledged injury after this one. But I do have an update on Johnny Davis, but let's finish talking about the Nebraska game first. Um, yeah, I mean, just turnovers, not making shot, not making the timely shots. I mean, this the, the Badgers didn't look – once they got they their big they lead, they stopped caring about their shot selection. And like the yeah, one turnover yeah. that they did have during uh, Nebraska's big run was like the worst time for that turnover. Like it yeah. was a lead that cut the lead to like a basket that cut the lead to like eight or six, and it, it got them in within striking distance. Like yeah, the, you yeah. know you can say yeah the batters were still up, but like having it at a bad time, it's. That's that's where I bring up momentum. It's like, dude, guys, momentum is so massive in sports, mm-hmm. you know, and like you you can't just. I mean, that's that's why. I, what did I say? Was it the Purdue game where I texted you where Johnny just started going? He started going. And I was like, he smells blood in the water, mm-hmm. and you give teams these opportunities to be like, oh, there it is. There, here's our opportunity. Here's our little glimmer of hope. Here's our light. Yep. Here's our opening. Like, and like hey, we can give, go beat the Big Ten champs. And Nebraska was has been playing really, really well. I'm not trying to discredit them at all. They Dude, actually have won the first three time. In a row. The first time the Badgers played Nebraska, did I not say that Nebraska was going to upset somebody? You did, and they upset. Three I said in it a row. several times. They upset. Then they three upset in a row, Ohio dude. State, and now they yeah. upset the Badgers. Like they're they're and, a solid, okay team. I shouldn't say. Solid. And then solid Iowa a blowing team. a 15 point lead by going six of 16 from the free throw line is just Yee. the most Iowa thing of all time, dude. I mean. <laughs> 
how the hell Iowa didn't beat Illinois? They had everything. I didn't watch the entire game, but it's like, dude, are you kidding me right now? Like, <laughs> uh, it was so dumb. The, I mean, but they still are Big Ten champs, and they were right. picked 10th. But this is that situation where I'm like, you know, I don't care what we were picked to do in the preseason. We're here at this Nebraska point doesn't care what you were picked to do in the season. They have a chance to go beat the Big Ten champs. They don't have it. Exactly. They're not, you know, and it's, they're not looking to beat a team that was picked to finish 10th in the preseason. They're trying to beat a team that is Big Ten champs. Yeah. And now the Badgers fall down to the two seed in the Big Ten tournament, which starts yeah, tonight. What, um, yep. I don't remember who plays. It doesn't affect the Badgers. Yeah. Um, it's probably like Northwestern and – I don't know, Minnesota, Rutgers or something. I think. And... Okay. No, um, Rutgers the is uh, the four seed, dude. Damn, they got the four seed? Damn. Um, uh, Nebraska is beating Northwestern by 14 right now at halftime. Nebraska's okay. on fire, dude. They dude, are just yeah, pounding people. Yeah. All right, damn. So <laughs> the Badgers did the Badgers did miss their final nine shots in this game. I just want to get a, the last couple things out of here. Um I did this a couple weeks ago when the Bucks played the Nets. I did a, what I'm calling it, I'm calling it the fundamental failures. And mm-hmm. it's points off of turnovers, missed free throws, and second chance points. Because the Badgers, despite missing a bunch of shots, they forced a miss and they gave up an offensive rebound to Nebraska that got them second chance points. So Nebraska had six second chance points. The Badgers missed five free throws and Nebraska scored 14 points off of turnovers. So the fundamental failure there is 25 points in a game you lost by one. You execute better in just any of those areas, and you win that game easily. Yeah. Especially for a team like the Badgers that prides themselves on being a fundamental basketball team. You got to do your fundamentals better. So, you know, it seems like they could have won this game, should have won this game. But the beginning of this game where they turn the ball over a ton, it matters. It, it mattered does. at the end. If they hadn't turned the ball over seven times in seven minutes to begin this game, maybe they win this game by three instead of losing by one. Davison missing free throws. That's exactly it. Like, missing free throws, it hurts you. My dad always used to tell me that free throws win games. So that being said, I do want to take away one very good thing from this game, and it was Chris Vogt, because the last two games, I think we might have found Chris Vogt's role for this team. It's to be the backup center and to come in and get rebounds, not just rebounds, but specifically offensive rebounds. I think he's finding a role there as just being a guy that can grab three to five offensive rebounds in a game. And if, if he can do that, like he can affect a game where it's not sexy on the on the box score, but it makes an impact. So I I do want to say that as a silver lining from this game is that Chris Vogt, even though it's super late in the season, might have found his role. I agree. And if say two say he grabs four offensive rebounds, right, and two of those can be kicked out for threes. That's something that can get us into an Elite Eight or a Final Four, man. Seriously. For sure. And the Badgers are now, what, 15-2 and two in games decided by six points or less? Yeah. They had to end that streak before they went into March Madness because there's going to be right? a lot of close games. Um, so tomorrow, um, Maryland – yeah, it is Maryland. 
Maryland to Michigan State play. The Badgers will play the winner of that game at is it one thirty on Friday? Uh, 5.30. 5.30. Oh, sweet. All right. Um, so 5.30. Um, are we, uh, you know, you want to just uh, mention what else we're doing on Friday? Uh, yeah, we have a bonus episode. Uh, we're yeah, gonna we start, do. We're going to start ramping these up here, people. So we're going to start going live once a month on Fridays, uh, one, one Friday a month. Uh, yeah. we, we will announce them before they happen. Right. Um, we are open to suggestions. Um, if you guys have yeah. like, yep. you know, topics that you want us to cover. I mean, we're going to be going it live does. for 30, 45 minutes and we're right. just going to cover everything and dive deep and really give you everything that we got on a certain topic. Yeah. So and, and um, do some this, research. this Friday is going to be going to be exciting, man. Tyler, you yeah. can, you can drop the, the so this topic. Friday, this Friday, the topic of discussion for the bonus episode is players or it's guys who weren't the same when they left their Wisconsin teams. Um, The idea of this, I mean, it's kind of been one that we've had for a while, but the reason we chose this one is because of the Greg Jennings comments about Aaron Rodgers. And Greg Jennings is basically like a bitter ex because he left Green Bay to get paid and it didn't go so well for him. He was not the same after he left. So um, Greg Jennings is kind of the model for this bonus episode topic, but Jake and I have some more. Um, if there are topics that you think would be good for bonus episodes, let us know. You can message the page. You can message Jake and I, um, like we have, we, we will keep a list of them. Um, (laughs) if we get to a point where we have a couple in mind, you know, we'll put a, we'll, we'll do a poll on the page and we'll let people pick. Um, that being said, it doesn't have to be just a Wisconsin sports thing. You know, like one of the things we have on there is, is rule changes that we'd want to see, you know, including some some ridiculous ones like a 30 second free throw clock or something like that. Um, uh, we have a, what if series, you know, like what if this had happened? What if the bears had drafted Aaron Rodgers instead of the Packers, stuff like that. Um, so anything you guys can think of that you think would be a cool bonus topic, let Jake and I know, and Jake and I'll do research on it. Um, we will. what if, yeah. What if the Packers had drafted TJ Watt instead of Kevin King? That's a good one. Like we um, can put that in the, what if we could put that in the, what if uh, list. We would have been like monsters. Um, I was laughing because he said in a food way or in a bad way. Um, I've always wanted us to do like a, a top five like favorite like fast food chain restaurants. <laughs> I think that would be good. I mean, Parker Johns is number one, clearly. Um, yeah, but, they sponsor the show, so they, they skyrocket on the list. Yeah, and I love their wings, to be completely honest, not just being like sarcastic. Dude, I like I their, actually, dude, I really like their pizza. Yeah. Um, Chantel, my girlfriend, and I, we had a pizza from there, and we got it thick crust because I was like, eh, I'm not a big thin crust kind of guy. And then it was okay. I mean, it was still good. I mean, we had the barbecue chicken pizza, but we got a thin crust the next time, dude. A mamma mia, dude. Seriously, that was delicious. <laughs> delicious. Um, Scott, when we, have, when we have 100,000 followers, then maybe we can talk to Culver's. Um, yeah. Parker Johns hey. has, what, five locations now? Um, Keel, Sheboygan, Menasha, Green Bay, Green and Oshkosh. Bay. Yeah. Scott, okay. if you've never been to a Parker John's, dude, they have all-you-can-eat oh. wings on Wednesdays. Yeah. And I'm going to say, I mean, obviously everybody loves honey barbecue, but they have a sweet chili sauce. Oh, I want it right now. <laughs> dude, it's I got – so good. 
I got what? Like I got Scotty fries last time I was there. Nice. So it's nice. just fries covered in cheese with more cheese, and it had like jalapenos. Oh my! It had a bunch of stuff. Like, oh, they were so, and they had like fresh jalapenos on it too. Like, oh man, that was good stuff. Oh, um, you're in, your sister's in Sheboygan, huh? I used to live in Sheboygan. Uh, we're actually from Keel. That's the little yep. town that we're from. So that's, we started... that's where we're planning on doing the the mock draft episode. We gotta yeah. finish working out those details yet. So that's where we're planning on doing the live mock drafts. We did live mock drafts at the Sheboygan ones last time. So do you like um, do you like ribs? I mean, I can understand that being a big wing guy. They got bone in, bone out. You're in Racine now, huh? Ooh, you might have to drive up. But I heard there is plans. You know, because I'm pretty close to some of the upper guys. They're trying to get down in Milwaukee, but it's it's hard. My sister lived in Keel. It's K I E L, my my good sir. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Keel. That's that's the place I love. That's the place I'm yeah. from. Tyler as well. Yep. Um, <laughs> however, it's spelled. <laughs> hey, if you can, if you could make it up to the Keel one when we do that, like we'll we'll definitely give you some stuff to make it worth your while. Yeah. Yes, sir. That would be awesome. Um, Racine. Don't forget to invite the entire city of Racine to our page, though. Before you do that, <laughs> that would be greatly appreciated. <laughs> um yeah other than that man um i would love to do an episode like that i just like to do uh a bunch of weird lists to kind of uh let people in and know who we are as people you know kind of let out our personality in these kind of bonus episodes which would be cool in my opinion so yeah so yeah long story short if you have more ideas let us know we'll discuss it yes um yeah bring them up that being said friday is what's next for the Badgers. Looking at what's next for the Badgers, they will play the winner of Michigan State and Maryland. <laughs> yep. Now is when I'm going to let you know. This is a direct quote from Johnny Davis. I'm going to post it on the page as soon as Jake and I are done talking for the day. Johnny Davis's exact quote was, I feel fine. There's a lot of time left to the Big Ten tournament, but I should be ready to go. Let's do it. Good news, Badgers fans. So if he's ready to play Friday, he's ready to go. I would say as far as it's concerned, that's probably about as good a news as you could ask for as Johnny Davis himself saying he's ready to go. Um, College is different from pros. They don't have to give you the injury report in college like they do in professional sports. Professional sports, they have to disclose the injury reports before the games. They don't have to do that in college. So this will be hard to get updates from. So the fact that we actually got something from Johnny Davis himself, it it tells me he's ready to go because he wouldn't say this if he wasn't because he wouldn't have to. He doesn't have to say, you know, I'm ready to go or I'm not ready to go to sit out. He didn't have to say anything. So the fact that he said something and that the thing says I should be ready to go, I would say that's probably about as good a news as we could ask for. I have a roast that I'm going to do in big cities. Um, he said, you guys are chill and knowledgeable. Um, I think that we had an advantage because we're from a small city. So we were, we were around a lot less dumb people. I mean, there's still dumb people <laughs> from around, but in those big cities, you're just around like masses of just dumb people. So I feel like now we're on Facebook. So now there's just dumb people everywhere. Ugh, God. Yeah. I just, I just stay off most days. Cause it's like, you know, work is already stressful, and then having two kids, and it's like life is already fast-paced enough. 
I don't need, yeah. you know, Susie Q from Oklahoma City and and Tony from Los Angeles to ruin my freaking day, seriously, because they're just so <laughs> it's, dumb. It's a, it's a hard thing. There's a, there's a give and take there because, like, we want to network so more people can connect with us and, and follow us and uh, and enjoy what we're doing. But it's also <laughs> hard because there's stupid people out there. But yeah. you know, Jake and I have – we have missions and we have goals for our show and, and what we want to be able to help do – with our show and with the way that we talk and you know, we want to try to help with the ride high ride low and, and being able to, to be knowledgeable. That's what Jake and I want to do. Like people don't necessarily realize how much goes into this. Like we've been doing this show for a year and a half and I've two full notebooks of notes. Bro, this is a goddamn commitment. (laughs) This is a commitment. It could be a full-time job. Like there is enough to do here to make this a full-time job. And that's Jake and I's goal in the future is to make sports our jobs. But um, we got a ways to go, so we, we got to grow the following. So unfortunately, we do have to interact with people on social media so more people can come follow us. And yeah. it's it's rewarding when you can kind of weed through the people to find the ones that care and you know that they don't want to do reading through stuff on Twitter and reading on the athletic and then reading on ESPN and then reading on Yahoo sports and actually watching the games and listening to post game and then watching highlights and then doing research on draft picks and, you know, looking into the other teams and looking at what's next and studying other teams to find out what their strengths and weaknesses are. And then picking X factors and doing three stars of the game and doing a power pair and making posts on social medias and stuff. When you find the people that just want to come in, and share the enjoyment of sports. That's what Jake and I are here for. Jake and I will do the research and we'll come and talk to you. And we do the show live so that people can interact with us. Cause we appreciate that. Cause that makes us feel like we're talking to people and not just people are listening to us. Is that there's, yeah. there's interaction there. That's, that's a big part of why we do the show live is so we can interact. And, and Scott, it's okay. If you're an a-hole sometimes, like it, it's going to happen. Like it, the thing is, like, I can appreciate a heated discussion and a debate as long as it doesn't get personal. Like, yeah, and no name. Jake and I are having like, a debate. If you're wrong, like the, you're wrong. Yeah, the the when I made the comment about the two deep safety and the banning the bunt thing or banning the shift, and Jake's like, "Well, I'm going to do this." If I had just been like, "No, Jake, your idea is stupid," like that's the part that I want to get away from. Yeah, and that's the kind and... of thing that Jake and I don't want people to do. To be honest, I'm I kind of just played, you know, devil's advocate just for sake of argument, you know, like yeah. okay, think about this or think about this. And that's what we want from from the interactions of yeah. people. And I would love to get to a point honestly where this page is big enough and this following is big enough where we can just invite people on for 5 minutes at a time like, "Hey, come on here. Hey, you know mm-hmm. what to be scared to be on camera? I'm not the best looking dude in the world, okay? I got this weird cockeye thing going on, but hey, you've had a neck beard is. longer than I've known you." Dude, I have literally had a neck beard <laughs> since like fifth grade, okay? But I'm just a, I'm just an average looking guy with a, a normal opinion on sports, and I just decided to be like, all right, Tyler, you're my best friend. Let's put some cameras on us and let's talk about it for two hours during the day. Hey, and let's cool. let's let's talk about cool stats. Like that's one of the best things yeah. about this is cool stats. That's why I Jake and it. I started a thing, a stat of the week. So every every weekend we do a stat of the week. Yep. And we share cool stats because that's fun. And what you can do is people talk about sports at work all the time. So you can watch this show tonight. You can go talk to people tomorrow and be like, yeah, I, I know this, this, and this because I heard it on the Wisco Fanatics show. And people will be like, damn, you know your stuff. Be like, yeah. 
check these guys out. Come check us out, baby. That's all I'm saying. That's cool. Um, what I want to end the show with is not, you know, we mentioned Bryce McGowan's who won Big Ten Freshman of the Year, but the Badgers won two Big Ten awards for the year as well. Mm-hmm. Greg Gard ones. is the Big Ten Coach of the Year, and Johnny Davis is the Big Ten Player of the Year. Um, Scott, we do our best to not be biased. Like, we but the way that we describe ourselves, like, since we started, is cautiously optimistic. So, we are always going to look for the ways that our teams could win and why they should win. And, like, we pick our teams to win things a lot. Um, but we do it, we try to do it in the most intelligent way possible. You know, we don't just say that, you know, um, say the, the, the 2015 bucks or the 2013 bucks, the team that won 15 games, like we wouldn't have picked them to win the NBA finals just because we're Bucks fans. Like that's, we, we try to keep the realism involved in it. Um, and one thing that Jake and I want to be able to do and get people to be okay with is admitting when you're wrong. And I'm bringing this up because Greg Gard had a very divisive uh, opinion in the fan base. So last season, I know it happened a lot of fire Greg guard, fire Greg guard the season before fire guard. He's never going to be Bo Ryan. A lot of that. What I got to say is when I posted the Greg guard coach of the year, I saw, (laughs) I think 99% positive things about Greg guard. A lot of well deserved and congratulations. And it, it made me proud of Badger fans. Like I was like, oh look at that. Like everybody's embracing Greg Gard. That's awesome. Um mm-hmm. so like you you can make your predictions and you know you can be wrong. Like Jake and I predicted the Brewers to be in the World Series because pitching wins championships. Unfortunately, you need to have some offense to go with it. We can admit we were wrong about that. There shouldn't yeah. be any stigma that goes with that. It should be okay to admit that you're wrong. Instead of sticking to a you know a boneheaded narrative that's clearly wrong, and just sticking to it out of stubbornness, like you don't you know? have to do that. Like you can just admit that you're wrong, and then we can hug it out and be like, "Yeah, it's okay, dude." Like, you know, if it, I was right a hundred percent of the time, I'd be fucking rich. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> uh, I'll I'd... I'll give you one example because I do think that I was right on this, and it's the Alan Lazard MVS thing. Um, I recognize that MVS plays an important role with the Packers, but Jake and I had this discussion last season about who we believed was the Packers wide receiver two between Alan Lazard and MVS. I picked Lazard and Jake and one of our buddies, Josh picked MVS. Lazard had eight touchdowns this year. I'm going to take that as a win for me. Um, I'm just going to throw that out there, but you know, uh, Chris Middleton is another good example. Um, Chris Middleton, who, I mean, he was an absolute stud last year. Uh, he's been a divisive guy in the Bucks fan base and still is, honestly. Six years later, after he's become one of our best players, he's still a divisive player. I had, It took me a lot of convincing on Jake, on guys that I used to work with at some of my other jobs that I had to tell them that, like, Chris Middleton fits with this team. He's a good number two for Giannis. His, you know, his on-court reasons are good fits with Giannis. His off-court reasons are good fits with Giannis. He's a smart guy. He's not an overly flamboyant guy. He's not an overly selfish guy. 
He's a guy that knows he can be the number two option. And Jake came around on Chris Middleton. He won a championship. My whole argument against Middleton is Giannis was getting double teamed. They're built, they literally built a defense in the NBA against Giannis. Yeah. My whole argument was if Middleton is going to get paid 35 mil, he needs to be the solution when he was being a problem. And last year, what was it? He was a solution for everything. Every damn time that there was a question, Middleton answered it, and he got 100% on every single one of those. So after that, I got nothing but to say, but, hey, man, this guy's a baller. He helped. It, we have no title without Middleton, plain and simple. No. Plain and he, simple. If you are in the same conversation as LeBron James when it comes to clutch baskets in a playoff run. Yep. <laughs> like – like what more could you want from a guy? He's the second best player on your team. He took less money yeah. to stay here. Yeah, he did. He could be he making did. like like two and a half million more per season on Dallas right now. Yeah, true. Well, I don't think he'd be enjoying life as much on Dallas, but he probably wouldn't. Like, but I mean, they're doing okay now. But you know, they don't have Luca if Middleton's there. No, probably not. They, would, they wouldn't have been they, in the position to draft him. And they probably if they even if they were, they probably would have kept Trey Young. True. Probably would have paired Trey Young with with Middleton instead of Luca, but that's True. that's a different thing. That might be a good what if question: is what if Middleton is signed with yeah. Dallas in that off season? Yeah. Giannis probably leaves. We don't get Drew Holiday. Oh yeah. Oh, so what? We're stuck with freaking Brooke Lopez and Eric Bledsoe. Freaking shoot! Me oh now. god. Maybe I we mean, don't I do love that. Brooke, that would be but... <laughs> that would be a <laughs> that would oh. be a dark future. Oh god. Yikes. Oh. So, you know, and you know, the thing with that is Jake came around on it. I don't I don't hold it over Jake's head as, oh, you used to say that Middleton wasn't good enough to get paid for what he is. Like, you can admit you're wrong. It's okay. He got us a title, okay. man. At the end of the day, a title in Milwaukee is, like, equal to, like, two titles in L.A. I'm sorry, but that's just how it is. It, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That's what it is. Scott, tell your friends. Yes, invite everybody, bring them all over here. Um, I'm going to go hang out with my family since I yeah. basically haven't seen them since noon. <laughs> Scott, tell you what, if you if you want to tell people, um, I can do what I can do. I got some right here is if you message the page with your address, I have a bunch of stickers like these that my awesome wife made because she got a cricket and now she crafts a bunch of stuff. I have Bucks colors, Brewers colors, and Packers colors. And if you send me your address, I will send you stickers so you can tell people um, about the show. So, um, But we do. We appreciate the interaction, all the comments. We That's why we do the show live, so we can interact with people, so we can make it feel like we're talking to people about our teams, because that's why we started the show, because we yeah, like talking agreed. about our teams. Agreed. We like sports, and we don't care who knows. Oh, I take him there. <laughs> dude, it popped up out of nowhere, dude. It was like 1130 at night. I'm like, yeah, bro. <laughs> uh, it's a random Lonely Island reference to, so to I was alone. the show. <laughs> All right. Oh, well, you got anything else? No, man. Bucks and six on Wisconsin, baby. March Madness yes. is here. Let's go. And bonus episode Friday. So you can watch the Badgers on Friday, and then you can just tune right into us. It'll be 8 o'clock on Friday night. Bonus episode. Guys who weren't the same when they left their Wisconsin teams. Tyler, let's make another sticker post because now I think they're going to get popular. Oh, Michael wants a Packers sticker. All right. Hey, the, the rule is, though, if I send you one, you got to tell people. 
So I'll send yeah. you two so you can put one on your car or on your notebook or your locker at work, and then you got to give one to somebody else. I Those agree. are the rules. Yep, and now you have to follow them because you're in our world. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> all right well we will we'll definitely make posts like i'm gonna post the johnny davis thing right after the show is done um we will probably post on friday morning or maybe even thursday night about who the badgers are gonna play on friday afternoon um and then we will uh we will have stats of the week this week mine might be chris middleton's averages because his is freaking nuts i'm not telling you what mine is but i have it written down oh look at this guy actually i might go with that Giannis one too that one's pretty good <laughs> Yeah. You we let like me know, and I'll go off so. of you. All right. Well, All we right. will see you guys next week with another uh, another show and Friday night also. All right. Peace out, All right. buddy. See you Friday. Later.